I hate to go all technical on you, but all hands on deck, swirly thing alert! Attention! Listen, you motherfuckers. You're experiencing the Lotus Effect with Phoenix and Phone Boy. It's very creepy. Just a little weird. Maybe it'll catch on. Who knows? It is out of sheer morbid curiosity. I'm allowing this freak show to continue. How do you fix that, though? Take a big step back and literally fuck your own face! Do I have your attention? Send your dick pics. (laughs) Are you interested? I know you are, because it's fuck or walk. You're shitting me. Have you made your decision for Christ? To tell you the truth, I don't give a shit. I would not say such things if I were you. Who the fuck are you? Bone Boy and Phoenix. But they don't know shit about fuck, clearly. That's true. Yeah, we don't know shit about fuck. And, uh, but welcome to the Lotus Effect uh, with, with us anyway. Uh, Episode 35. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, of course, Phone Boy. And, you know, I'm still Phoenix. Yeah, and uh, yeah, here we are. Uh, we are, uh, yeah, uh, as we do with the, with the show, uh, yeah, we, we, have, we, we pick a topic, and actually you pick the topic, we just don't tell you exactly what you're picking from uh, until we actually uh, play said topic, but uh, yeah. That's right, you vote in the, uh, in the yeah. No Agenda world on our food topics. Yeah. One of three, and then you get the uh, the blue plate special comes Saturday, four p.m. Central. That's right. And uh, today you picked borscht, which tr- translates into diabetes. Because as we all know, borscht is made from beets. Yeah, and diet and beets. Diet beets would be diabetes. <laughs> diabetes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, anyway, this is a uh, so yeah. I hope I hope you all enjoy this. But of course, you come for this. You come for the you know the the, the content is made up and the show doesn't matter or something like that. I can't no. remember. Yeah. It's it's the the. Yeah, that's what it is. Never yeah. mind. It's your opening. <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah, I'm the I one who it. came up with it. So, anyway, this is a value for value production. If you find any sort of value in this whole thing, uh, yeah, uh, give us, uh, send us some value. Uh, we certainly appreciate it here at the uh, at the Lotus Effect. Uh, you can uh, send us, you can send us boostograms in the. Uh, um, although I'm in the middle of that's actually something we need to put on the list too. Is our is our um, for the toast and jam is is the Bitcoin node. Oh, that's right. All yeah, right, I'll add that, because that's still that's still a work in progress. But uh, we're making yeah. we are making progress anyway. Okay, but the thing is this: Are they able to actually right now, as we're sitting here spitting in the mic, send boostograms? Believe so. I just don't know which wallet it's going in. That's a whole different question. Well, that's kind of interesting now, isn't it? Yeah, I know. Well, I uh, this here's a thought. Maybe you should do what Sir Spencer does because he's a consummate professional and send a test boost to. Well, I yourself. I don't. I, no, here's the problem: is I, there, that's some okay? That's for later in the show because I'd have to get into all of that. So, You're strangling me. Yeah. But you know what you can do? You can send us your Fiat Fun coupons. You can stream us Satoshis in other ways not boostagrammed, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that that still works. And you can troll along at lotuseffect.chat. You can be one of the people heckling us in the chat or correcting us like Sir Bemrose often does. And of course, if you're hearing my lovely silky voice, that means that you are connected to either the No Agenda stream or the Lotus Effect dot stream. And if at any time you want to listen to this show when we're not live, you can go to Lotus Effect dot show and select any episode one through thirty five. That's right. Well, we're, that well we've done. that's right. And by the, by the time this is out, yeah, you'll hear you, the thirty. We'll be on episode thirty five. So. Um, so yeah, uh, but anyway, that that's yeah. So that is something that we need to sort out. Is that yeah? Which wallet is it going in? Because I did update the things on the on the on the. I did update things, but it's uh, it's interesting. So uh, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they let anybody on the stream these days. Okay, they so, really do. And you know, they, he's been jiggling a lot of handles this week with uh, 
you know, stuff we'll talk about in the toast and jam. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, oh. we all know. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, there we go. Your mic there did not work worth a yeah, shit. Yeah, it did not work worth a dang. All right. Oh, well. Yeah, I guess I get to hold this the whole show, don't I? Or I you get to figure. You poor, poor man. Okay. Well, I tell you what. Well, you. No, I'll vamp for you. Yeah, why don't you vamp while for you me? Fix while you fix your mic and yes, realize I... that where you put it didn't work even less than any other time you've tried to put this mic somewhere. Yeah, the mic. Yeah, the mic just doesn't work so well. But we anyway, have bad mic issues in yeah, the it studio. Is... Yeah, exactly. So, um, why don't you get into the show topic while I, think I, I should while I do what I got to do here to well, make let's all do this. That. Yeah. So, what we're going to be talking about today, ladies and gentlemen, of course, as Phone Boy said, is diabetes. And I know you are all just a tingle to hear what we have to say about that particular topic. So, we're going to dive right in. And we're going to, of course, as we often do, give you a definition. And the definition we have for diabetes is a metabolic disorder in which the body has high sugar levels for prolonged periods of time. And there are three main types of diabetes. There's type 1, which is also known as juvenile diabetes or autoimmune diabetes. It is a chronic condition where the pancreas produces little or no insulin. Now, its exact cause is not known but it is thought that genetics play a role in type 1 diabetes. And pancreatic disease can also be a cause. The risk factors that you should be concerned with uh, with type 1, um, first of all, is family history and genetics, because that is something that is completely out of, you know, out of our control. You know, we... We don't get to pick who we're born to or the genetics and family history that's included with that. And another factor is age. Now, this one kind of threw me because it says that children between the age of 4 and 7 and 10 and 14 are at high risk for type 1. Now, I would assume that ties in to the fact that it's, you know, known as juvenile diabetes. So I'm kind of curious, and, and maybe, phone boy, you can weigh in on this because you've done a lot of research and you're intelligent. I guess I was misinformed, or I just don't know. I thought that if you had juvenile diabetes, you're born with that. Well, in, in with like with anything with diabetes, it, it's... It is, well, it, you can, it depends on, you know, what you do as a result of it, right? Whether you have... Yeah, but you're a kid. Yeah. I mean, I understand, you know, between the ages of four and seven, you have the ability in the mouth to say, hey, mom, I don't want that cookie. Can I have a piece of cheese or something like that? But, I mean, what four or seven-year-old or, you know, in even into your young teenagers, unless you're extremely health conscious, you know, and you've got parents who are, which means that you're probably not being fed cookies, candy, and all that super garbage that we, <clears throat> that, you know, parents give kids nowadays. I, I don't know. I mean, I was one of those weird kids that would rather have a, you know, a piece of cheese or, or a piece of fruit as opposed to, you know, chocolate or candy. And maybe that's why I'm not a chocoholic. You realize <laughs> now muted. There you realize that you're muted. Yes. Yeah, so, so uh, uh, you know, you realize I now. I this is. I didn't realize you were going to go for for this. Um, there, there's of course a. Um, I, I, I hanker for a hunk of cheese. You remember this? This 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 goes back a bit. It sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah, and in fact, I might actually have to play it because it is really. You're going to do this in the middle of our show. Why our scripted show? You're going rogue. 
I always go rogue. What are you talking about? Yes, I know. Yeah, so we're going to see if this actually plays. Sure. Bang, bang, bang. Oh, time for timer. Do you ever get that hungry feeling after school? Boy, I do. I'm so hungry, I could eat a wagon wheel. When I'm slow on the draw and I need something to chaw, I hanker for a hunk of cheese. When my ten gallon hats a feeling five gallons flat, I got something planned, which is little cheese sandwiches. Come on! Here's a great little snack to tide you over till dinner. If you want something delicious and nutritious, cheese is a super snack. Look, a wagon wheel. When my get up and go has got up and went, I hanker for a hunk of cheese. When I'm dancing, I hold down and my boots kind of slow down. Or any time I'm weak in the knees. I hanker for a hunk of, a slab or slice a chunk of. A snacker is a winner and yet won't spoil my dinner. I hanker for a hunk of cheese. Yahoo! Yeah, okay. I, I just... can honestly say two things. One, you're old. Two, I don't think I've ever heard that one before, but I do agree with it. You know, if you're looking for a good snack instead of, you know, handing your kid some candy cookies or something else that's really not good for them, give them a slice of cheese. Yeah, well, don't, don't give them the crackers that went with that wagon wheel. That, the, that No, actually, I thought that was pepperoni. I'm not going to lie. It looked like pepperoni. Yeah, well, so I was like, so, oh, I'll get down with some pepperoni. Cheese. Yeah, I, I guess I guess I'm I guess. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I am three years older. And by the way, uh, yeah, so... Uh, what, like you forgot that automatically? No, I did not forget like that Like you somehow had this brain fade due to the old age that there's three years that still remain <laughs> yeah. between us from now until I do, eternity? I do remember that her birthday's on Tuesday. You so need to hush. You, you, all, you all need Where's to wish her happy button? birthday. No, yeah. you don't either. You, yeah. need to, you need to hit that mute button. Now's yeah. the time for your mute button there, oh boy. Yeah, exactly. Um <laughs> Yeah, there's, um, you know, the the thing about yeah, the thing about like pre shredded cheese you got to worry about though is that there there's stuff that's not cheese on it and stuff that's probably you probably shouldn't be eating anyway. So yeah, starches and stuff. yeah, exactly. But that's but I mean, it's really simple. Like I'm I'm down with the kids loving the shredded cheese. Buy the cheese that's in it, shred it yourself, mix it together. They're never going to know the difference, and you've saved them from having a whole lot of carbohydrates or extra carbohydrates that you don't that you don't yeah. need. Contained with, you know, yeah. contained within like the cornstarch or tapioca starch that is coating those little shreds of cheese to yeah. keep them from sticking. Together. Exactly. So, all right. So, shall shall you continue? Yes, I think I shall. Okay. Well, we'll then continue. Alrighty then. So, some of the complications, one of the major complications that can arise from type one diabetes is a life threatening condition called diabetic ketoacidosis. You all have probably heard me speak of this before. It is a life threatening condition that requires urgent hospital based treatment. It affects people with diabetes and occurs when the body starts breaking down fat at a rate that's much too fast. The liver processes the fat into a fuel called ketones, which causes the blood to become acidic. And if it's not treated, it can lead to severe illness or death. Now, it's sometimes the first sign of type 1 diabetes in people who have not yet been diagnosed, which is rather scary. I can't imagine going, you know, go- going through that. I've actually attended uh, medical calls where there was a person who was experiencing diabetic ketoacidosis. And it is, it's quite frightening. Especially if that's your first indication that you're diabetic, I, I just wouldn't. I wouldn't want to have that be the first indication that <laughs> my body was uh, screwing me over personally. So it can also occur in someone who's already been diagnosed, 
um, infection, injury, serious illness, missing a dose of your insulin, or the stress of surgery can lead to diabetes, diabetic ketoacidosis in diabetes. 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 Yeah, it can. Uh, it can lead to um, ketoacidosis in people who have type one diabetes, not just as a indicator that hey, you might have it. Now, some of the common symptoms of diabetic ketoacidosis can include decreased alertness, deep rapid breathing, dehydration, dry skin and mouth, flushed face, headache, fruity smelling breath. You and I have talked about that before. Muscle stiffness and aches, nausea and vomiting. So this, this is a very bad thing. You, you just do not want to experience this. God willing, none of the pedal heads ever do. Yeah, it, it's um, you know, but like anything though, if you know how to manage it, then we'll get we'll get into like the right way to manage it, uh, or to you know, if you have type one diabetes, just to be clear, right? Type two diabetes, which we'll which we'll get into. Yeah, you can mostly reverse that. Um, type one, yeah, you can man- you can make it a whole lot easier to manage, um, just by eating the right way. So. Um, something's yeah, but anyway, so I, I will yeah. let you continue. Well, diabetes also is a major risk factor for atheros. I knew I was going to screw up saying this word, and I know how to pronounce it: atherosclerosis, which causes blood vessels to become clogged, which causes micro and macrovascular compl- complications. God, I don't know why my tongue's tied today. Now. Microvascular complications affect the eyes, the kidneys, and the nerves, where macrovascular complications affect the heart, the brain, and the blood vessels. Yeah, and in fact, um, since we're uh, since we're there, I think um, I actually have a clip that talks about the. Well, maybe this is a little bit late, or maybe I should get into this a little bit later. But the progression of diabetes and. Well, no, actually, I think that I'm thinking about that clip. No, that's probably, uh, that's a little bit later in our... Okay. Can I keep going now? Yes, you can keep going. Fantastic. So the treatment for type 1 diabetes includes lifestyle modifications and taking insulin to keep the sugar levels under control. You have insulin replacement therapy, either through injection or using an insulin pump, And then, of course, the nutrition aspect, which is what we're very much about. Now, the foods that they recommend you to eat when you have type 1 diabetes are, and I know, when when you hear this phone boy, I just know your mute button's going to get smashed and you're just going to have to go. So I'm, I'm, I'm preparing. I'm moving your cup now so you can smash that button as fast as possible. So foods rich in simple proteins like beans, lentils, and nuts, foods containing complex carbohydrates like brown rice, barley, and oatmeal, fruits and vegetables with less amounts of sugar like papaya, watermelon, and muskmelon, those are all things that they recommend when you have type 1 diabetes that you eat. (sighs) We're going to save that topic for the second half of the show because I got a lot to say about that. Um, you all should see the steam coming out of his yeah, ears. Yeah, small. Well, list. yeah. When Wait I did the I research the on this, well, I mean, two. and I can talk about my own what what my doctor told, or what you know, what my nutritionist told me when I first got diagnosed with type two diabetes back in twenty fourteen. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I got I got stuff to say about that, but I think I'm, we'll, I'm sure you do. That's why I moved your cup. I knew you were going to smash that button. Yeah, you were okay. That so, big so, old sigh that came in. Yeah. So go on. 
So there are foods that they recommend you to avoid. Now, this makes a lot of sense. Foods rich in simple carbohydrates like white rice and bread, uh, complex, this I don't agree with. Foods rich in complex proteins like red meat, processed meat, and poultry with the skin on it. I'm going to go on that one, okay? To hell with you meat-hating motherfuckers. Eat a steak. Eat some chicken. Now, I don't necessarily say you got to have the skin on it, okay? I'm not a fan of having skin on my chicken, quite honestly. But at the same time, the skin does still have good fats in it that, if properly cooked, doesn't taste like rubber, and is quite delicious, but nonetheless, I agree with the fact that they recommend foods that are rich in sugars, jams, jellies, cookies be avoided. And I don't agree with avoiding butter, but I do agree with avoiding chips, mayonnaise, and junk food. And bananas and potatoes, well, you shouldn't be eating those anyway. I don't give a shit if you have type 1 diabetes or not. Don't put that in your mouth. Yeah, like I said, I'm going to get, uh, so second half of the show is going to be uh, Second half of the show is going to be officially titled "Foam Boys Rant on on Nutrition." Yeah, pretty much because that's <laughs> that that so yeah because because I'll because yeah I, I I've got my own what they told me uh, I've also you know when I again I in doing the research for this I kind of followed up and see what the what the actual um, you know what what they're currently telling people because a lot because because some stuff has changed and you know at least I should say the acceptance of. Um, you know the acceptance of certain things have changed in the last few years. Um, well, although the they're still giving it a craze. short. Yeah. The, the whole nutrition craze since it started with you know the the vegan shit we were talking about last week. You know low carb keto et cetera et cetera et cetera. You know th- things are starting in print to change recommendation wise. Well, or they're or they're bullshit. trying to backpedal. The recommendation. That's exactly what they're doing. They're yeah. absolutely backpedaling. Yeah, and, but, and you but, can but, hear, but when you hear yeah, but let's say. Second half of show, and it is yeah. because of some of the clips I'm going to play. It is truly second half of show shit. Yeah, yeah no worries, no worries. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. It's 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 not okay. It's not aliens, but it's you know it's probably it's more crack potty stuff. You know, so it's. Are you bringing in the lizard people? Uh, no, I'm not bringing in lizard people. Although the lizard I was people, promised lizard people. The lizard people. The, the lizard people are the ones who want us to eat bugs. But let's neither here nor there. I got ants. Okay, so so <laughs> nobody but no agenda producers will get that joke out there right. when they're listening to this show. So moving right along, we have type two diabetes. Well, we don't, but our subjects do, and it's also known as diabetes mellitus. It can it occurs, excuse me, when the body becomes resistant to insulin, and cells aren't able to absorb glucose and convert it into energy as a result of this resistance. Yeah, um, and in fact, this is uh, yeah. That that's you know. But I would what I would say with that right is okay. So I I I did a little bit of. I actually went to the American Diabetes Association. Yes, I know a big propaganda arm um, to to look up what how they define ty- uh, diabetes. Right now, there are variations. There are two main variations. There are some kind of sub variations, but ultimately, it comes down to insulin. Right? It, it ultimately comes down to. Am I, is the body producing enough insulin or is it producing, well, too much insulin, right? Uh, now, it's funny because the way that they portray it ultimately is that they don't say that your body's producing too much insulin. It says the body doesn't use insulin properly. Um, and if, it, if the, you know, which, which is kind of a side effect of the body producing too much insulin, but there's this thing called insulin resistance. Um, and in fact, this is maybe where I want to start playing a clip. Go uh, for it. Yeah. So, um, 
let's see if I can find the JSON. So, um, so there's a condition called hyperinsulinemia, which is what happens when you have too much insulin. Hyper uh, meaning? In, in, hyper meaning too high. much. Yeah. Insulin, meaning, of course, the, the hormone insulin. Right. What, you know, what is insulin? By the way, I kept trying to find a definition of insulin that didn't involve diabetes because insulin actually does some things, right? It's not, it doesn't, you know, we talk about insulin as if it's, if it's a bad thing. Insulin does some good things, right? Anytime, you know, it, insulin is Natural a growth Natural insulin hormone. that's yeah, yeah. produced in your body because yeah, as we've talked yeah, it's about, an anabolic your body knows hormone. what it, it needs. It causes things to grow, right? right? And yeah, and if you got too much insulin, it causes a lot of things to grow. And yeah, that's going to be, that's probably going to be second half of show material too, um, now that I'm thinking about it. Um, but I'll play this clip from Jason Fung. Uh, he's, a, he's a nephrologist in Toronto. He, uh, his company is that actually... That means he's a kidney doctor. Y'all. Yeah, that means he's a kidney doctor. But uh, he has, he's created this company called the, used to be called the IDM program, uh, or Intensive Dietary Management, but it's now called the Fasting Method. But, the, but um, and they've got diet coaches, you know, kind of you know, both, in, both in the U.S. and in Canada. Um, and ultimately, they, you know, they, uh, he helps people that have diabetes or did have diabetes. But, uh, um, but let me play this clip from, uh, from Dr. Jason Fung on what hyperinsulinemia is. Hyper is a prefix that means high. Insulin is the hormone insulin and emia means in the blood. So the, the, the term itself, hyperinsulinemia, means high insulin levels in the blood. And one of the things that we know is that if you give people high doses of insulin, people gain weight. So that's basically a causal relationship because we know that I can give it to anybody and they will still gain weight. Or if you're talking about yourself, right? If you have a high dose of insulin, chances are your weight's probably, you're probably overweight, right? And this is actually came up in a conversation on No Agenda Social, or just even today. Um, the fact that uh, I think uh, Kenny Bennett found uh, somebody that was, uh, I guess, a, a girl that was 13 years old and 200 pounds. And frankly- Which should be- you know what? I think the parents should be punished for that. Your kid's 13 and she's 300 pounds or 200 pounds. 200 pounds. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, you need to be having a conversation, I think, with a government agency as to just exactly what the actual fuck you think you're doing, letting your kid reach that weight. That's dangerous on so many levels. You wonder why we have shows like My 600 Pound Life right there. That's the start. Yeah. yeah. That's and, the precursor and, and, to becoming Britain. And people, I, I don't know, this is this, this actually came up in my divorce, which is why I, um, because I had, um, I had, um, yeah, and actually it's because, because there, um, when this divorce started, I actually had a, um, uh, my daughter was, was under 18. She's 18 now, so it doesn't really matter, but, um, but I, I'd had some questions about who would have, you know, the ability to make medical, you know, there was, there was a, que- you know, there's a question of who should be allowed to make medical decisions. Well, I look at my wife's health and I go, no. Um, whereas I've reversed a bunch of stuff, it's like, okay, so why does she get to make the decisions and not me? But, you know, of course, the courts don't really care. But, uh, but and, I, and, and unfortunately, my daughter, I can, you know, my daughter's gaining weight. And yeah, I, I'm apparently not allowed to talk to her about any of that stuff, even though I've got some experience in losing weight. I know what it takes to lose weight. I've done it. I know how, I, I, it's, it's, not, it's not easy, I'll tell you that, but, it, but it can, it's, it's doable. And, you know, and of course, nobody wants to hear from me. And oh, by the way, all, a bunch of, bunch of things that she might have, yeah, might prove, it might improve a bit with diet, but apparently nobody wanted to hear me, certainly not my not-soon-enough ex. But anyway, not, I didn't mean to go down that road, but, um, but anyway, this is, uh, 
you know, the reality is, is that, yeah, you can, you know, this is why you have to be careful, you know, I mean, first of all, you know, okay, one of the things that insulin does is it does, it does lower your blood sugar, but, uh, and that can be dangerous in and of itself, right? So you have to be, when you're a type one diabetic taking insulin or even a type two, right? It doesn't matter, you know, what type of diabetic you are. If you take too much insulin, it can kill you. Yeah. Or, and likewise, now, if, if you take it now, and of course, if you're, if your body is creating too much insulin, that well, can kill you too. That too. Yeah. Which you know, we talked about. So, and in fact, um, I got a clip, uh, another clip that, that what happens to your body when you have too much insulin. All right. Too much insulin leads to insulin resistance because the body typically responds to elevated uh, levels of hormone by developing resistance. So if the body didn't develop the resistance, then it would suffer all the effects of that high insulin. So it's a natural homeostatic response. So high insulin levels leads to insulin resistance. High insulin levels also leads to weight gain and obesity. So you can see that the underlying condition of both type 2 diabetes and obesity, which is often these days called diabetes, to really emphasize the point that these are really two diseases with the same cause. The cause of this diabetes and metabolic syndrome is really elevated insulin levels, hyperinsulinemia. Yeah. So, you know, and it's funny because what they, of course, one of the things they tell you to do uh, when you know they tell you you need to modify your diet, except they don't tell you how to modify it the right way. But that's a, that. no, or they assign you a dietitian that's going to give you a bunch of yeah. We'll get into that second half of show. Yeah, I, I have a feeling a lot of the diet aspect is going to be second half of show. Yes, because I think and I, it's yeah. a and it's a wide uh, area to cover. Yeah, exactly. So, um, well, so. what I will say is that. In type 2 diabetes, it's thought that excess abdominal fat is a major cause in addition to genetics and lifestyle. But it might, but, but is, it, is, it a, is it a cause or is it a side effect? Well, uh, that's another one of those arguments of what came first, the chicken or the egg. So you have risk factors like a sedentary lifestyle, obesity. Once you reach 45, your risk increases. So, you know, there's an age component there. Of course, with everything, you know, diabetes-related family history. And this one actually kind of surprised me. Uh, We've been talking about PCOS because, you know, we're trying to have a baby. And it's one of the things that comes up on, you know, one of the apps that I track things with. And actually, Diabetes is listed as being one of the risk factors is polycystic ovarian syndrome, PCOS. Guess one of the guess what one of the things is that drives PCOS? Sugar. Oh, well, insulin specifically. Okay. Which is that's a, a side effect of having too much of eating too much sugar. Well, of course. Yeah. So, yeah, that and in fact, uh there are people I know in the Vinnie Tortorich group that have um that uh, have uh, apparently reversed their PCOS by eating, yeah, appropriately. Yeah, and believe me, every chance I get, I will jump into the forums when people are talking about PCOS and talk about how, you know, look, ladies, if you're trying to conceive with PCOS, you know, I talk about fasting, I talk about, you know, taking sugar out of your diet, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do everything I can, you know, we're all in this together, so that is one of the things I did, uh, I did mention. Oh, that's true. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So you've got the itinerary over there. So, uh. Yeah, I'm still yakking over here. Okay, we'll keep, yeah, we'll keep yakking. <laughs> now, 
some of the complications that come along with di- uh, type 2 diabetes, and this is something that tri- uh, my brain was triggered by when you played the last clip about the um, hyper... Um, Hyperinsulinemia. Yeah, that's it. I, I was I was trying to go back to my 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 uh, my root word on that. Anyway, so there is a condition if if diabetes if sorry if type two diabetes is allowed to continue unaided and un, and untreated for a prolonged period of time. It can cause hyperosmolar hyperglycemic non-ketotic syndrome. Say that shit five times fast. Yeah, even sober. Truth, which I am. So this condition causes abnormally high levels of blood glucose, which is a medical emergency and can cause death. Yeah, it can. That's why your body produces insulin to try and... To try to regulate it. Yeah, and it has to put it, and it has to put the sugar somewhere, and so, um, you know, that's what the fat's for, right? Exactly. So. Which is why it makes total sense, because if it's storing all that sugar in your fat, and then your liver starts burning fat at an accelerated rate, it's going to really, where, where do you think that sugar is going to go? It's going to go into your bloodstream. Well, Exactly. <clears throat> And, and ultimately, you know, that's that's what's turning your blood acidic at yeah, that exactly. point. Yeah. So, yeah, there's, but uh, yeah, we get into some of the, the some of the progressive of this. I think I've got I've got it in my notes for a little bit later. And there, there's some, I got some clips on that. Well, um, one of the major risk factors, as we spoke about before, uh, for atherosclerosis, is of course diabetes and type two more prominently than type 1 because of the damage you've already done by the time you realize that you have type 2 diabetes your pancreas is shit well should we talk about how they diagnose it well um we can and then i can talk about some of the complications a little more in depth that go along with that okay so let's talk about the diagnosis here uh and how they diagnose it so and, I'll, and I can tell you how I got diagnosed because I went in for an I went in for a physical and I had to go in because it'd been it had been a few years at that time so this was this was the the, the end of 2014, um, you know they that you know it, it's pretty standard for them to do a blood test, and one of the ways they can do it on a, on a standard blood test without you having to know about it is a, what they call it what, and they might tell you to fast beforehand and that means you know that means don't eat for you know, a certain period of time right um, we talked about fasting on the last episode. Um, you know, fasting blood glucose looks like the following, right? So, um, if you're, if you're, and, and this is American units, by the way, so that, um, so, um, and I don't, and I, I'm sorry, I don't remember what the, what the, um, the millimolar units are for this, but it's, it's, it's probably around five, I think for some of the stuff. So if you're, if, if you're, if you have normal blood glucose, you are at, uh, you're, you're at over a hundred milligrams per deciliter. Um, and if you have pre-diabetes, then your then your fasting blood glucose, and so this is you know after I don't know how many how many hours, but probably like twelve or something. I think is what they say. But uh, so um, if your if your blood glucose is under hundred milligrams per deciliter, it's normal. Now there's a level where it's not normal. It's actually low, but but for most people that's not that's not an issue. Um, Pre diabetes is where the fasting blood glucose is somewhere between one hundred and one twenty five. 
And that's a, you know, and so, and then if you've got diabetes, it's going to be over, it's going to be over that, right? It's going to be 126. And so that means, that means you've been fasting for 12 hours and your blood glucose is still relatively high. That's, that's one of the ways to do it. Now, well, the frightening thought about that is, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, they don't test to see what your blood sugar is and then have you fast and then retest it. I think that would be a whole lot more accurate way to determine just exactly how screwed you are. No, but I think there's a, there's another... Um, <laughs> Sir Bimorous. Um Yeah, well, there, well, of course, the real way to test this, and, I, and, I'll, get, and I'll get there, right? Um, so other ways they test it is, is and I think... They might see something on a fasting blood glucose, and then they might do a second test to do an A1C. An A1C is literally the amount of your red blood cells that are glycated, right? That have that have sugar attached to them. And if you, you know, your normal quote unquote, if your A1C is less than five point seven percent, that means less than five point seven percent of your, um, you know, of your um, your your red blood cells have sugar attached to it and are normal now uh, pre-diabetes is somewhere between 5.7 and 6.4 percent diabetes is 6.6.5 percent and above now that's frightening that that is frightening okay so let me tell you something about red blood cells so they, they they do this based on an average of three months if you're healthy your red blood cells actually last longer therefore that number might be high in certain cases. If you are diabetic, the red blood cells last less than three months, and therefore there's and therefore that number might be low the wrong way. Now, chance now again, chances are, if you're, you know, if 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 you got a six point five percent A one C, yeah, you got diabetes. Actually, I I would say that if you're anything above five point seven, you probably have diabetes. And I'll and let me explain and. And, you know, the other one of the things they do also right, is they actually give you uh, there's another way they test it, which which is rare, um, is an or, what they call an oral glucose tolerance test. So they give you a known amount of glucose. Right. So they give you some really terrible tasting drink that's sugary. Um, and then they, they, they check you, you know, after two hours. Right. And they do that um, as part of the regiment for pregnancy testing, or I should say, tests they run when you're pregnant. Yeah. So and yeah, it's horrendous. And I already made the decision that um, I'm not taking that test if we end up pregnant. Because yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah, no. So now here's the interesting part of this, though, and this is, and I think this is, and I, I had a, I thought I had a clip on this, and maybe I do, but. Um, and maybe I didn't take I don't think I took it, but but ultimately the way that the question is being framed with type type two with type two diabetes specifically is your insulin's not working well enough. So we're gonna do things to either get rid ultimately they're gonna do things to either get rid of the sugar or you know, most likely that's what they're gonna do is get rid of the sugar, right? Um but um as opposed to asking the the question, well, why do, do I need so much insulin in the first place? Um, and you know they don't. And that that's something they never test. And in fact, if you wanted to test, now I realize also that testing insulin is hard. 
Uh, it's apparently not a test. It's not one of the standard tests that your doctor is going to order necessarily. But ultimately, your in your your insulin level matters a lot. And in fact, because here because here's the thing, and I think I can I can go back to 2009 because I remember I went in I I I. I I'd went into the doctor and you know did had a had a test done and by now in 2009 I still weighed what I weighed right I was still you know probably 280 290 pounds or whatever which on 57 that's that's a, that's that's way overweight um, so but I wasn't diagnosed with type 2 diabetes in 2009 it was I had uh, my my blood glucose was 90 what 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 was happening was is that my insulin level yeah it was high but it was enough to suppress the you know the it was enough to keep the blood sugar in check and when i got diagnosed in 2014 yeah it was no longer able to keep up and so then the numbers started creeping up and so when they talk about progression of diabetes it's um yeah that's what happens is eventually yeah your body you know you because your body gets your body gets insulin resistant and and yeah i probably do have a clip on that somewhere um no, I didn't. I guess I did not make that clip. But anyway, um, yeah, when you're insulin resistant, that means yeah, your body's like you know you're 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 spewing out so much insulin. It's it's almost it's a protective mechanism, right? It's saying okay, well, you know, it's going to stop responding to insulin. Or or look at it this way, right? You only have so many places to put sugar, right? You've got your muscle tissue, you've got your fat, you got your you got your organs, and at some point, right, you run out of places to put shit, and it starts overflowing, and that's when you got diabetes. So the my my uh, so what I would contend, and and I think you know some of the folks in the in the space have contended is that by the time you've been diagnosed with type two diabetes, you've had it for ten years, because realistically you you've been meta, you're, you've been metabolically unwell. Now now again, some people don't gain weight when they have issues because they don't have enough. They don't have subcutaneous fat or as much subcutaneous fat or can't produce enough. Um, those of us who have been overweight or who are significantly overweight um, before we get diabetic, yeah, that was a that was a coping mechanism by the body, and that's and it's. You know, it's the lesser of you know the lesser of many evils, as it were. So, yeah, and unfortunately, if you're not paying attention to what your body's trying to tell you, and the signs that it's giving you that something isn't right, when you do actually get diagnosed, you know, you may not be able to start out. And we'll talk later about the medication aspect, but you may not the, the medications that they put you on may not be enough. They may have to add more just to get you to a moderate level. And God forbid that you, like the guy we heard about uh, that got jabbed and overnight became an insulin-dependent diabetic. I I can't even imagine what that has to be like. There is a, you know, and I'm thinking about this, right, Um is that and and I, I I wish I'd gotten this clip, but but I, I know Vinny had played on his um, his one of his shows. He'd played a drug ad from one of these companies and oh, pig pharma, pig pharma, right? And one of these things, and 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 you know, and he said, oh, they can they can get your A one C down to seven. Oh my God! Are you serious? Did they really say that? They said, "Oh, we can keep your A one C at seven. And even my doctor said, "Holy crap!" Yeah, okay, are even they my nuts? own doctor. So if I go back to my own doctor back in twenty, you know, really probably end of twenty sixteen, my A one C was seven point one. He said borderline controlled. Like no, and that's not the, the, not yeah. even close. You literally have to be under like five well real to be to be controlled well no it was borderline controlled and that's just and that's ridiculous 
that's a shit way to put it because that gives the person hope that, you know, oh, I've almost got it under control. Uh, no, Sparky, you don't. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so what, um, where are we in the progression of this, uh, of this topic? Well, the next thing I was going to cover on this, uh, still under the complications of uh, type 2 diabetes, is that I, I promised to go into the micro and, and macro vascular consequences. Now, some of the microvascular consequences, neuropathy... I have, uh, by the way, I have a clip on neuropathy, by the way. Oh, good. You can play it after. after okay, I'm just, just letting this. you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, neuropathy, nephropathy, retinopathy, and yes, I can define all those if you'd like. Basically, it's your brain, your kidneys, and I do forget the last one, but I think the nephropathy and the retina. I'm sorry, the nephropathy is your kidneys, the retinopathy is your eyes. I knew I knew this. Now, the macrovascular consequences, such as cardiovascular disease, stroke, and peripheral artery disease, not to mention, that's only scratching the surface, folks, we've also got diabetic foot syndrome, which is the presence of a foot ulcer in combination with neuropathy, peripheral artery disease, and infection. And it's the leading cause of lower limb amputation. I know a lot of you have heard about diabetics having to have their limbs amputated. Well, now we know why. Yeah, and so there's a link in the show notes to a, a video showing you how they how they amputated a diabetic foot. And, and there's also... Oh, there's that's al- horrid. There's also a scene in Vinnie Tortorich's Fata documentary that, that actually shows that as well. Yeah, I don't want to lose my yeah, feet. Okay, Just so... Okay, so I have a clip on, on diabetic neuropathy, which is one of the... Okay, let symptoms. me have 10 more seconds, and then you can play your clip. Okay, fine. Okay. Fine. Now, the other diabetic problems can include dental disease, uh, a lower susceptibility to infections, and delivery difficulties in women with gestational diabetes, which we'll talk about later. Yeah, we will. Okay, so I'm going to play this clip that from, from Dr. Eric Berg um, on, uh, on diabetic neuropathy. What is peripheral neuropathy. It is a condition where you're experiencing tingling, numbness, or burning type pain in the bottom of your feet or your fingertips. And the most common way you would get peripheral neuropathy is by having diabetes. And so peripheral neuropathy first starts in the longer nerves of the body, okay? And it happens at the very end of that nerve. And what's happening is you're getting a destruction of the tiny blood vessels to the nerves. And the destruction is not necessarily coming from the high sugar directly or high blood glucose directly. The high blood glucose is creating a lot of inflammation, free radical damage, and destruction to the proteins on the inside of your artery. So it's going to clog this thing up. It's going to starve the blood supply to the nerve. Now, why is that blood supply there? To feed the nerve oxygen and nutrients. And so peripheral neuropathy is basically killing off the nerves. So we're getting microvascular damage. Also, it's happening in the eye too if you're a diabetic. Yeah, and I, and I remember early on in my diabetes, they, yeah, they they wanted to check to see that I didn't have any diabetic damage in my eyes. I had to do an eye test in the doctor's office. Yep, uh, I've, and, every time that yeah. uh, my ex has had to go to get an eye exam, 
they yeah. test for and, yeah, you're, diabetic yeah, retinopathy. Okay, that, that, yeah, that's, that's, that's toast, toast and, and jam. That's toast and jam. So, um, yeah, and, and I think, and, and actually my, yeah, my not suiting effects, and, and you know, it's, it's still the case, um, you know, she admitted in court documents she's going in for, you know, for diabetic foot treatments, which I can only assume is uh, related to neuropathy. Um, you know, and I was, I was listening, I, I didn't, pull clips on this but you know and one when when you're going through this process you can get injuries on your foot that you don't feel or or you know your limbs that you don't feel and as a result you know, they don't get treated and therefore things get worse so um yeah i mean it, it's kind of dangerous what can happen uh, with any of that so um it really is now there is no medications that cure type 2 diabetes um a few of them can increase the production of insulin, and some others may improve the insulin resistance. But ultimately, there is no cure. And some of these medications, <clears throat> and I find them evil. I will just, I will tell you right now, I don't like these medications. I don't give a shit how good they are or how helpful they are. I, I, I hate pig pharma. But some of the medications that they include to treat type 2 diabetes is metformin, uh, sulfonylureas. I know you've heard of those in commercials. There are several names for glimperide, uh, glublincamide, uh, glycyzeride. <clears throat> Basically, don't put it in your body, folks. Um, you also have... Um, an alpha-glucosidase inhibitor, which delays the absorption of carbohydrates. And, I mean, I, there are some of these medications I've never heard of before that when you look at the name of them, you just go, yeah, if I can't pronounce that, why do I want to take it? But that's just me. Yeah. Now, what I, again... But all of these drugs, most of the drugs, and, and this might, by the way, I think that might explain, you know, this, this might explain why uh, nobody talks about the, the, the real solution to this problem. Um, yeah, the drug companies all are, yeah, there's lots of drugs that talk about lowering blood sugar. And there's a lot of them, they are they, a lot that exist. And, you know, the question I have is, well, if... Why don't you stop consuming sugar? Because, by the way, guess how much sugar is in the average person's bloodstream at Tell any us. given time? It, it's no more than five teaspoons. Good God, that's less than half of what's in a can of Coke. Yeah, five teaspoons of, of sugar. And this is, it's a problem, Right? That you know, and, and by the way, the body will produce more sugar if it needs it. It is such that it, it, it's true that the body needs sugar, and in fact, it's so critical the body will create sugar if it needs to. It's called gluconeogenesis. It is literally the creation of new glucose. Um, so, if your blood sugar gets low, and at least in a you know in a, in a, in a, in a you know over a long period of time, yeah, your body can keep up. Now, in if you're like an ultra marathoner and you're going for twelve hours, you know, to stretch or whatever, yeah, maybe a little extra glucose on the you know might help you. And in fact, you know that certainly, um, I'd have to I'll have to do some. Uh, I've got some clips on some of this stuff, but ultimately that uh, that yeah, um, if you are. It, for most people, 
you don't need to consume sugar, right? Yeah, the body needs it, but the body can create its own. And every and, and again, every time you create, every time you consume sugar, yeah, that that's you know. So your body doesn't need that. Your body needs it, but not that much. Again, this goes back to where <clears throat> we talked about in our episode about sugar. That if you look at people pre nineteen seventy, even uh, maybe a little later than that. I would say 1980, based on the based on yeah some of the some of like the Peter Frampton concert concerts I've seen. Yeah, good luck finding a, a single you know maybe like you might find a couple people that are overweight, and by today's standards they'd probably be okay. Yeah, quite honestly, and and that's exactly what I was going to say, is that you know and and I'll go with you know your number you know pre 1980 there wasn't this massive obesity ec- epidemic that there is now. And again, it can be contributed, I think, largely to high fructose corn syrup and the overconsumption of sugar. Oh, yeah. I mean, I completely agree with that. Um, Sugar's everywhere. We keep talking about it. Um, And, you know, when we talk, yeah, okay, I I don't want to spoil, completely spoil the second half of the show. You you were trying to trap me there. No. I I wasn't, I promise. Now, okay, so, of course, you know, another medication, which we talked about earlier, is insulin, even though I don't really consider it a medication because it's a hormone, and, <clears throat> you know, we all know how to make a hormone. hey No, seriously, though. Um, you know, ge- genetically engineered, if you will, insulin, not natural insulin. I just, I, th- I think it's poison. You know, if if it's a necessity to actually keep you alive, seek an alternative. Just saying. But I do know that as an alternative to medications, there is, of course, a healthy diet and exercise, which are the first steps in controlling blood sugar levels. Yeah. And we'll get into what they suggest in some of the other stuff, I guess. You know, that, that I think we'll, we'll save that for second half of show because I think that's a... Um, because that's where I start ranting. Um, so yeah, phone boy literally loses his shit. Oh yeah, it, it's it's a glorious thing. So, um, it, so you talked about the are you, are you talking about the progression right now? I think that's what you're. Uh, um, actually, I was going to hand it over to you to talk about progression because okay. then I'm going to attack prevention. Okay, well there you go. So I actually have a clip from well uh, a drug company because, and and I and I say that and it's and it's Eli Lilly right that that, that, that that talks about the progression of diabetes and it's interesting that they talk about that the way that they talk about it you know again how you frame the question or the problem uh, sort of dictates the solution right I mean that's how that works. Type 2 diabetes is the most common kind of diabetes. In fact, 1 in 11 people in the United States has it. If you have type 2 diabetes, it means that you have higher than the target levels of sugar. Now, I'm gonna, I am going to stop this clip a lot because I have many points to ramp on. So, yes, the official definition of having diabetes is, is about blood sugar. Why do we have blood sugar? Or why, why is the blood sugar elevated? Well, that, you know, we don't talk about that in the progression of diabetes. Now, do we? So let me, uh, so shall we continue? Yes, let's, let's continue. And while sugar is important to your body's function, too much can be bad for you. Type 2 diabetes is also different for each person because it progresses over time. 
Yeah, how it impacts you over time. Yes, I think that makes it that it's different. But ultimately, and some people compensate better than others. Like well, you were saying, yeah, you know, your insulin was taking care of the job until it wasn't. Yeah, and so yeah, it progresses over time. But ultimately, you know, again, there you are managing the symptoms, not getting to the root cause. And I think that's a, that's an important that, that's an important distinction. They don't because they don't talk about the root cause in this, as as you'll hear. You might be thinking, why does type 2 diabetes progress over time? To help you understand, let's take a look at how it usually changes. First, let's look at how your body manages sugar levels throughout the day. So, yeah, and, and, and that does happen, right? That the, bo- the body does, um, you know, change throughout the day based on what you're doing or what you're eating. But they don't really talk about the eating part, at least in this thing but uh, right yeah or they give it very uh, overall in the process they give it very much a uh, uh, a short shrift because you know keep in mind this is from a pharma company and so of course they're gonna they're you know they want to promote pharma exactly there are many factors that can impact sugar levels such as physical activity meals stress and rest during these changes your body tries to balance sugar levels one way your body keeps sugar in target ranges is with a hormone called insulin. Think of insulin as a special key. This key unlocks doors in different cells so the cells can use or store sugar. Now, something I will say for second half a show, and I think it's important as we, when, we, when um, yeah, so, yeah, insulin... Um, Insulin actually, yeah. So, so insulin does, yeah. It's one of the things that insulin does is it is it allows your body to, ascend, you know, it, it sort of captures the sugar from your bloodstream and, and and pulls it into its into places it can store it or, or turn it into fat or whatever, depending upon what your what your blood sugar is. But there's a lot more going on than just pulling it into your, you know, uh, I'd say your healthy tissues. Right to uh, to to do. There's more going on there. So, um, you know, and the the key the key to door analogy is is certainly reasonable. There's more going on. Insulin causes things to grow. That's it's it's, a, it's an anabolic hormone. It co- it does you know if they, you know that we're oftentimes like we're a type done a, a type a type done a type one diabetic uh, in injects right if they inject it in the same place they're going to get a little fat deposit there because that's because that's where it's going to go and yeah you gain weight there so that's why you have to change your injection site if you're a type one all the time or if you're or if you're you know if you're taking uh you know you're taking insulin so um yeah as i say there's more to this but uh, yeah i think when we start to, diet's going to be kind of second half a show thing and because that's where my rants are um but uh yeah, so let, let's continue with what Big Pharma has to say about diabetes. As type 2 diabetes progresses, your body does not produce enough insulin to balance sugar levels. In other words, there are not enough keys to open doors that allow your body to use or store sugar. It could also be that there's too many, right? And I think that's a, yeah, there's too many doors to open and, you know, it, it, well, it, they certainly, actually, it's one of the things I think the body does is it, is it, is it, yeah, if you have too much insulin, it creates places to put it. Um, and uh, that can be, you know, and that creates its own problems. So, you know, I think that's a, that's something that, you know, that they don't talk about in here. It's like, oh, well, there's, it, it's, you know, it's not opening the doors. Well, maybe there's too many doors and that, that there's no amount of insulin is going to actually, you know, again, the, the insulin can only go so far. The insulin will cause some problems. Um, 
but ultimately, yeah, you what what ends up happening with it, with it is that yeah, at some point the insulin stops working, and I think it's because there's not enough doors to to open up to put it right, and so that's when you start having problems. But uh, yeah, nobody talk, and, and then again, nobody talks about the supply issue in this whole process. But well, and it's also kind of like when you, for I mean, for argument's sake, when you when you first start smoking marijuana. You only need a couple of hits to be completely fried out of your mind. The more time goes on and the more you smoke, the higher amount it takes for you to reach the same level that only a couple puffs got you to before. I think the idea of how insulin is balancing the blood sugar load in your body is kind of along the same lines. You're probably right about that. Um, Yeah, so shall I continue this clip? I've got another 52 seconds, I think. Absolutely. All right, let's do it. Your body also does not use insulin as well as it used to. This means that some doors don't recognize the keys, which keeps your body from properly using or storing sugar. Or you've run out of doors, but yeah, they don't mention that. No, they don't. And lastly, your body maintains too much sugar when it doesn't need it. As type 2 diabetes progresses, your doctor may suggest that you try different treatments to help keep your sugar levels in balance. This is a normal step in your journey. Oh, yeah, it's a normal step to have to pump yourself full of more of their poisonous pills, if yeah. you will. Drugs. Open all night. Drugs. Exactly. You know, as, 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 as George Carlin likes to say. Yeah, your doctor so. will also review your A1C, your average sugar level over a three-month period. Finally, your doctor might ask you to keep a diary that shows your sugar levels over time. This can help them choose the right treatment for you. Remember, it's common for people with type 2 diabetes to have different treatments. Don't be surprised if your doctor asks you to try new treatment options. It's important to know that you have the power to manage type 2 diabetes with diet, exercise, and different treatments. You have the power to tell Pig Pharma to go fuck themselves. Go fuck yourself. fix your body yourself. That's That's what we're here to tell you about. That is right. Um, So, okay. So that was, but I, but because yeah. we are going to save the the diet aspect of all forms of diabetes till the second half of the show, so that we can hear Phoneboy go on his rant as we all want to hear rant. <laughs> We're gonna attack the third in the series of types, and that is gestational diabetes, which is a condition in which women develop diabetes during pregnancy. Now, hormonal variations during pregnancy is one of the major causes of the gestational diabetes. And if you're overweight before you get pregnant, it could also attribute to being one of the causes. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, there's, of course, that's, that's a possibility with, the, you know, the, and, and yeah, what, what the mother experiences, so does the baby, right? Uh. Precisely. And... You know, the the disturbance in the secretion or the functioning of the insulin can lead to this condition. If you're over 30, that's another prominent factor for developing gestational diabetes. If there's a family history, we've seen that throughout all three types. Obesity, again, has been uh, in two out of three because, you know, the, the type one is, is the kind that you kind of didn't do anything wrong. Your body just decided to be 
<clears throat> an asshole and not, you know, function properly. It's kind of like being born with only half an arm. You you didn't do yeah, anything it's, it's, to yeah. if your type one diabetes. Yeah, type one diabetes is is uh, is something that is entirely based on you know it's a, it's a what you're born with, right? Is that your body does not produce uh, either produces uh, too little or to either no insulin or not enough insulin, right? And so right. Um, that and insulin is 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 an inc- is an incredibly important hormone. And in fact, before the the uh, definite before the um, the discovery of exogenous insulin in 1920, um, yeah, um, it was actually pretty common for people with uh, diabetes. Uh, well, first of all, there was no type two diabetes; it was only type one diabetes. Really, uh, type one diabetics died because they, you know, they had uh, yeah because they couldn't get enough insulin. It, it didn't matter what they eat; they couldn't uh, absorb the nutrients out of it, and so they. they That's just, called natural selection. Yeah, and. Uh, and yeah, they, then they, then we found uh, you know insulin, right? And and that and that solved that problem, but it created a whole another uh, whole another set of things. Um, I agree with that. So, um, yeah, but uh, that's a you know again that's the second half of show. That's right, and again we see in the gestational diabetes that a health history of PCOS is involved as one of the causes. Now, the complications, this, this is kind of scary for any potential moms out there who might be experiencing or might experience the gestational diabetes. If it's left uncontrolled, it can lead to complications like a heavy birth weight in your child, premature delivery, respiratory distress in the infant, uh, low blood sugar in your child. As phone boy was saying earlier, you know, if, if it's happening to the mom, it's happening to the baby for sure that. That is definitely something that uh, crosses the placental barrier. And unfortunately, it's a risk. It can cause it the risk for future diabetes in your baby as well as yourself to increase. And high blood pressure and preeclampsia, which is not something you want to experience as, as a new mother. Well, no, and, and certain things I didn't know about. But yeah, that's a... Uh... Um, yeah, you know, the healthy mom, healthy baby, I guess. And that's, the, that's kind of the thing. That's it. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to, I'm looking at my clips just to kind of see where we, um, but actually let me, I'll read what the, I'll read what the, uh, the American Diabetes Association said about the progression of, of, uh, of, uh, diabetes. I think it's important. The body becomes insulin resistant on its own. Now they don't say why they just say that it does, which is true. Beta cells pump out more insulin and it can't keep up. Um, yeah, which is actually something, yeah, and that's kind of what's going on. Lifestyle changes and meds aren't enough. Um, now, um, you know, and then, you know, then there's a question of, okay, well, why does, why does this happen? Why does the body not stop responding to its insulin? Why does it keep doing it? You know, and of course they did, you know, the research, the official research is we don't know. Now, we're science, science, right? We don't know. Well, you know, nobody asks the question. Yeah, because maybe they're looking at because they're looking at it as a blood sugar problem. It's not a blood sugar problem, folks. Blood sugar is a symptom. Insulin is the problem. Nobody's asking the question. Of course, there's no there's no profit in reducing your insulin because you can do it without diet without changes, folks. I'll talk about that in later. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just that they're looking at the problem the wrong way. Um, you know, we talked about neuropathy, and I'd say um, maybe before we go to the break, we should talk about cancer. Um, and I, I think, think we should. Yeah. So now, 
I will relay a personal story here. My father passed away uh, of, of cancer. Um, but I remember when I went to go visit him before he had passed away, when he went peed, that there's a, there's a very strong sort of sweet smell that came from that. And that's a, that's a sign that you have diabetes, folks. Um, so in addition to having brain cancer and probably lung cancer and all kinds of other things, yeah, he had diabetes. Well, I think those things are related, maybe. Um, but uh, let's actually talk about, let, let's talk a little bit about insulin, right, and cancer. And this is a Dr. Ben Bickman uh, on a podcast a couple of years ago. It's still pretty still pretty relevant. But uh, the fact that, uh, you know, insulin and cancer, well, you know, can- insulin feeds cancer. That's all I can say about that. Every cell in the body, yes, even cancer cells, have insulin receptors. So a place for insulin to come and tell the cell to do something. It basically is a door for insulin to come and knock on. And the more of those doors... Um, available for insulin to come knock on, well, then the more responsive the cell is going to be to insulin. The breast tumor has seven times more insulin receptors than, than the normal breast tissue. In, in breast cancers, part of the mutation is that it's becoming progressively more responsive to insulin. And that is sort of doubly problematic. On one hand, not only is it getting that anabolic response where insulin's telling the cell to grow, 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 and continue to proliferate and multiply, so it's one of the effects of insulin, but it's also feeding it and helping it use the glucose better. And so it's stimulating the growth and fueling the growth. And now when we, because it's telling it to use the glucose, but when we combine that with a hyperglycemic environment as well, and most people are, then now you're providing it with all the fuel that it needs. So it's this perfect storm of telling the cancer cell to grow and giving it all the fuel it needs to, to support that growth. Yeah, and you know that makes sense with what I experienced. Is and 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 by the way, and and I could talk about. Um, and actually, uh, one of the guys we uh, one of the guys we listened to, Vinny Tortorich. Yeah, he uh, he had a rare form of leukemia, and and I think it actually might be worth. Uh, um, playing a couple clips from that um i'd like to hear it yeah so um yeah he so i'll i'll I'll, i think i think this clip sort of sets it up he was he was he has his own podcast called fitness confidential he was on the meet rx podcast i think which is uh it's a it's a it's a it's like a center site started by a doctor to help people to to basically eat eat carnivore right but it's so it's yeah. So fairly similar, but the idea being of you know not being any carbs, but ultimately he talks about the fact that he had cancer. And this was back in two thousand six, two thousand seven. He had he had he had a rare form of leukemia, and he uh, and uh, you know he got better. I was told that when they knocked my leukemia into remission, the type of leukemia I had, they said will come back in five years. I said, well, what's the longest anyone's gone? They said there's been some outliers that have gone eight and nine years, but the general consensus is between, if you go four years, you've beaten the curve. If you've gone five years, that's probably when you'll be back on chemo. Now, I was cleared of cancer in 20, uh, uh, 2008. That's 12 years, and I haven't had chemo yet. Wow. And nobody is studying me, by the way. No one's going, wait a minute. We now have a guy at 12 years. Should we not be looking at that guy and seeing what he's doing? Yeah, of course they're not because there's no money to be made in it. That's exactly it because of the fact that it would destroy pig pharma's farce that you need these medications in order to beat this yeah. or at least manage it. 
Yeah. So, um, so okay. So now that was recorded in 2020. Wait, wait. So, so he is. So he's gone 14 years, not having a blip of cancer in his body. Now, and he's very strict. No sugar, no grain. I mean, he. You know. Now he does. He. I, I think in another clip he talks about the fact that he. Um, you know that that he, he has a he has a very famous uh, um, you know daughter uh, sister in law that would that would be uh, that would be uh, Kristen Scott Thomas who's who's uh, uh, famous on a number of things but uh, yeah so when he when he goes to visit her you know um, you know and they, and they uh, you know and, they, and she she's a big wine person or whatever so yeah of course he's going to partake and they're in Italy so of course they're going to take me they're going to take even more things um, but. Um, you know, and I think this is, um, you, you know, this this is where, um, you know, we talk about, you know, again, sort of this link to cancer, right? It, it, that if you've got a, a huge, a high insulin load, yeah, you're probably, you might be at risk for cancer. In fact, Vinny talks about this, and he was actually told this back in 2008. I asked my doctor, my cancer specialist, who was a hematologist, I said, is there any truth behind any of this with cancer? And she said, Aren't you the no sugars, no grains guy? I said, yeah. She said, yeah, do that. And this was in 07. And I said to her, really? She goes, yeah, there's stuff you'll start seeing it in a few years. She goes, I'm at the ground floor of they're seeing where sugar really lights up cancer. And um, you want to stay away from sugar. Yeah. And in fact... um so Dr. Ben Bickman here uh, actually talks about the fact, or actually actually talks about well, yeah, maybe why you'd probably want to uh, avoid keeping get, having your insulin high because uh, it's a, it's kind of a double whammy. Some of the neatest evidence from Thomas Seafried's lab in Boston is hinting again more and more that a lot of the origins of cancer, but again, there's so many different types, could stem from energy problems, namely problems in the mitochondria, that there's a mitochondrial deficit or or disorder, and that's resulting, that's carrying over to this shift where the the cancer, the the cells forget how to have normal metabolism and then shift into this kind of more fermented kind of bacteria. They end up acting like bacteria or what's called the Warburg effect. His research really is, is lending credence to this idea from, from about like 70 years ago from, from Warburg or, or more at this point. Yeah. And, and ultimately, yeah. So, and I think I played in the last clip, remember that, that, that the breast, um, you know, that the, that, uh, the, uh, that, that breast cancer, you know, the tumors have seven times the number of insulin re- receptors, right? That was, that was in, in the, in the, that's in frightening. The, yeah. So I imagine that's, you probably see something similar with other cancers. So if you have cancer and you have high insulin, it's going to cause the cancer to keep growing. You want your cure for cancer, uh, you know, the, keep the insulin low and, but there's not a lot of drugs for that. Um, and there's plenty of options that don't involve big pharma. So, do you think the big pharma is going to talk much about it? Yeah, probably not. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. And in fact, um, I think before we go to the toast and jam, I'm going to talk about how you lower insulin. And this is a this is another clip from Dr. Jason Fung uh, that I think is uh, worth playing. The way you frame the question tells you the answer. That is, if you understand that the problem is too much insulin, then the solution becomes immediately obvious. If it's too much insulin, lower your insulin. And how are you going to do that? The point is that there's very few drugs that will actually do that for you. It comes back to the diet. 
Yeah, and in fact, you know, get or or maybe even not eating at all, which is what Jason Fung talks about. So, but yeah, I think fasting for, is not a bad thing, as we said on the episode we did. That's right. So, all right. So uh, let's go to the toast and jam. Uh, by by the way, before we get before we do that, I, I need to acknowledge uh, uh, our friend Sharky's uh, monthly uh, monthly donation. Uh, it came in. Uh, just now and it's uh yeah and it's uh or it's say it came in i guess it came in yesterday but it's for uh we the amount we received i think probably after paypal takes its cut is seven dollars and 66 cents so uh, so thank, thank you sharky, you, we, sharky. We, we appreciate it uh, and uh yeah so every uh, little bit gets the show another week yeah along. and it keeps the show on the air as it were um uh, so um so yeah let's let's uh, toast and jam uh, so what we got you know it, it's been a busy week i, I feel it's been like, an insane week yeah uh you know the stuff that we will talk about versus the stuff that uh, we won't um yeah, <laughs> truth on that yeah there's a lot of stuff but uh yeah so to you all cheers cheers so uh so what do you have what do we have on the toast and jam well, the first thing that we have, of course, as most weeks, we went to the farmer's market this week. Today, uh, Well, today, yeah, today, in fact, yeah. Right. And we, of course, you know, chatted with our beef people and our chicken people. And uh, DeBell Farms, which is, <clears throat> they're technically our pork people, even though we haven't yet gotten any of no, their yeah, not yet, yet, Not yet a customer. Well, only because, in fairness, um, <laughs> we need to get freezer we need to get something more than just the one on top of the refrigerator because i mean everybody including the woman at debell farms has been talking about you know this planned finger quotes food shortage that we're going to be experiencing this winter and i'm yeah maybe i'm a little bit of a conspiracy theorist uh i think if you announce that shit in the summer uh, that kind of indicates to me that you've planned it, you dirty bastards. But on top of that, uh, I'm a fat kid and I uh, don't like going hungry. Even though I can fast, I choose not to most of the time. And uh, I don't want to end up without something uh, to cook for dinner that involves an animal. Yeah, and I think, and, and yeah, I think this is what you're supposed to do, right? Is when times are good, you're supposed to stock up a little bit. And when times are lean, yeah, you, you pull from the stocks. That's the way the body works, by the way. Right. Uh, yeah, that's what your body fat is supposed to do, right? Is that during the, you know, during the summer, you get fat uh, because you've got access to fruit and things that make you fat. And then in the winter, when you don't have access to much to eat at all, yeah, you still survive because you got some body fat. So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a beautiful system. And unfortunately, uh, yeah, we live in the height of summer and can eat anything anytime we want. And that's why we that's why we're all fat i mean there's more to it than that of course but uh, yeah so it's at least a factor in it yeah so i mean unfortunately our coffee guy wasn't there today so yeah he's not feeling well so we we hope he's going to be feeling better soon yeah uh, our guy from up tempo because we need to get more coffee because yeah unfortunately i drink it like water so yes yes he Uh, does but that's okay because Phone Boy was nice enough to buy me my own little tiny five-cup coffee pot now. So it makes enough coffee for both of our coffee cups in the morning, and I don't have to trouble him with his AeroPress that puts coffee sludge in the bottom of my damn coffee cup. Well, so. but, but yeah, and you're going to need it for your... Well, yeah, for, for I'm, I'm going to need, need it for, for my your, new job yep. because I do start Monday morning very frigging early. I have to be to work for 6 a.m. Central. So I'm going to have to be up before the rooster. Yeah, up before, up before the dawn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay, you can listen to that song after the the the, the, uh, the post stream. Right? If you remember to play it. Yeah, uh, don't, don't tempt me. Like it takes much to tempt you. Yeah, okay, anyway. move on. Yeah, okay. 
Uh, and of course, Wednesday, uh, signed, sealed, delivered. I'm no longer his. I am officially divorced, but I am phone boys. So there is that. Yeah, that's uh, unfortunately mine has uh, the 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 next hearing date has moved out um, a couple weeks. It was supposed to be this week. Uh, it got moved out to basically um, like another ten days or something like that. Um, yeah, but of course that doesn't mean my divorce is finalized. I've got you know that's going to be probably not going to be till the end of the year. Um, With the way your greedy context keeps that, don't yeah you know, let, let's let's not go there. I'm in a good mood. Not I, going I, there. Yeah, let's not go there. So. All right. Um, so Speaking of good moods, <laughs> we picked up a really awesome three and a half gram uh, vape from Evolve Skywalker OG that Foamboy has been enjoying the hell out of since we picked it up. This thing is huge. Yeah. Um, I'm liking it. And it tastes like clove. Yeah. And I like cloves. I've actually, have you smoked cloves? Fuck yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, we, we, of course I have. Hello. We, uh, 90s kid. Yeah. Remember? Uh, yeah. Three years younger than you does not denote different generation. Uh, yeah, I did. So, well, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I smoked cloves in the 90s too, so. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so, yeah, that, that might be something we do. Uh, hey, hey, hey. Yeah, there is, the, there is that. Somewhere I might actually still have a pack of the Digerum Black that mm. I bought like some months ago. But nonetheless, and then of course, oh, bless you. There go the windows. <laughs> the uh, the final thing that we had for our toast and jam session this week. Oh yeah, but we do want to give a shout out to Evolve and Saprina over there. You guys are awesome. We love you guys. Yeah, and by the, and by the way, your your son loved that um, that bong that we got for him. Oh, that's right. My son's birthday, the eighteenth. Yeah. We bought him a glow in the dark Rick and Morty bong from Evolve. And, you know, Phoenix may be hoping to get a piece from there that she pointed out to Phoneboy at some point in the future. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. But yes, my... my and, and we smoked out of that motherfucker, too. And it was epic. Yeah. <laughs> I wish, I, I, wish I had the time. clip that says, smoke weed every day. Yeah, no joke. Yeah, yeah. he had... It, we, we had him come over um, Sunday last week. And he hung out. And we had a great time. And celebrated, you know, his birthday. And, yeah. So, if you're in the, uh, if you're passing through on 40, exit 322, just uh, go see them. They're next to the Shell Station. Well, yeah, there's one in, in Harriman. I, I think they have one in uh, Harriman, too, I think. The, Do they? Yeah, there's like, there's, I'll have to a, get all their, their yeah, locations. They, they've got a, they, they've don't, got a, they don't pay us, but we like to rep them because we, we like their their store and we like their products no, we do yeah we're we're, 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 so, we're we're big fans that's right yeah so um if yeah. you're in the area of you know exit 322 or harriman tennessee yeah. check out evolve they've got kratom they've oh. got all of your delta eight nine ten yeah. whatever the delta hell 33 to. It, at this point it's delta 33 it really is there's so many letters and numbers that have been created and this one's much stronger and da 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 it's like okay just Get me high. But anyways. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right. So the so final thing we were going to address today was that Phone Boy had a work event on Thursday, which was another reason why his divorce proceeding getting moved actually worked really well. But he was invited to be 
don't know. Was it a panelist or just? Well, I was out? just I, I was just there as being. T- I mean, and and honestly, for work because okay, so it was um, my part of my day job involves doing customer events um and yeah this is the first one that uh had been done so because of covid 1984 yeah i spent two years at home um and uh yeah or being miserable because i couldn't because i couldn't leave my home it was more like a fucking jail but okay um so um and i and we're just now starting to get back to maybe starting to do some stuff in person and, and of course i'd moved since since all of this happened and uh yeah i was um yeah. So uh, one of so yeah uh, one of the one of our um, one of the local folks had uh, put up and did an event and uh, and I and I came. It's about a two hour drive. Uh, Phoenix and I went out there and uh, we did. you know and it was we had we yeah um, yeah we talked about the food last week but uh, but um, I think we did didn't we no oh yeah how the, could we talk about the food if it just happened Thursday good point but it was we talked Phone about boy stone. <laughs> Uh, I'll talk about the fucking food. So, okay. First of all, okay. I I probably should have brought the menu up because I did abscond with one of the custom paper menu things that were put on the plate. Yeah, but we have pictures we'll put in the show notes. We do, absolutely. So, the appetizer that they offer is called a steak roll-up. Get that picture in your mind and now squash it. Because what this was, was essentially kind of like a Philly steak filling, Philly cheese steak filling inside of either a filo dough triangle or a wonton wrapper. I have not yet figured it out. Cut on the bias. I didn't try it. I kept it as far away from Phone Boy's mouth as possible. Yeah. I mean, even I, I mean, I looked at it and I went, yeah, none of this is good. The salad that they brought out was already pre-dressed. Like, I want your seed oil shit all over my salad. So I declined that. Phone boy decided to eat around the dressing on his salad. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't eat most of it, but I, I right. did have a little bit. Yeah, the dressing wasn't all that good. So, Ugh. Well, the main course, of course, that we chose was filet mignon. I've never been a fan of filet mignon personally, and this steak reminded me of why. I took one bite of it. It tasted like ass, and I passed it over to Phone Boy and went, you can eat this if you want it. I'm not eating it. And then, of course, you know, when when they tried to bring the mashed potatoes, I marched their asses right the hell back around and said, don't even put that on our table. The broccoli was not even barely cooked. I mean, you can't even have claimed to steam that broccoli. You probably zapped it in the microwave for about 30 seconds to a minute and called it good from the way it 33 looked. seconds. 33 seconds. That's what it was. And then, of course, we have the fact that I told them when they started passing out the dessert plates, I said, not a chance in hell. And Phone Boy looked at me and went, well, you're really keeping me on track, aren't you? I said, you don't need to put that in your mouth and you don't even need it on this table. Because when it came out, he understood why I turned them away. Go ahead, Phone Boy. Tell them all about what was for dessert. Chocolate cake and ice cream. A five-layer chocolate cake slice. With what looked like clotted cream on the side. Don't ask me. I don't know. All I know is there was probably enough sugar on that one plate to cause diabetes. Mm, Diabetes. All, All I know is, yeah, we left. And on our drive home, we stopped at the Mexican restaurant we like and got a dish that we absolutely love. 
I, I should. I, I will add it. Is that it's you need yeah the fajita mocayete. I think yes, it from from, it's uh, the from Romo. Mocayete um, from Romo's. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! This thing is served in like a black lava stone looking bowl, and it, we get the one for two, and we just take our forks and a bowl of uh, queso, which is hot fresh garbage. We're going to admit it right now, but we demolish this thing. We just dunk all of the meat and the vegetables and everything into the cheese sauce on the side and just blah, 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 blah. Uh, just delicious. Yeah, I, I will put a link. I'm actually putting, as we speak, I'm putting a link to this fucking beautiful. Oh, it is gorgeous. It's gorgeous. It's, the show it's absolutely I, I will, I, Yeah, I will tell you that the, that the, that the beans, you know, up at, you know, that the top. Oh, oh, oh yeah, the, <laughs> the side yeah, dish pay, pay no attention to the side dish. You know, it's kind of yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Don't don't look at that. It yeah, was not consumed. I can tell you it was, it was not consumed. Maybe yeah. a small amount. A small but, portion uh, to be polite. Yeah, a, a small portion to be polite, but definitely didn't, you know, yeah. clean and lick a plate by any means. So, so yeah, that was basically the... Um, the extent of our toast and jam session today, we had uh, we had an interesting week. So we're yeah. hoping this coming week is going to be just as much fun. Well, and and hopefully your um, uh, you know, hopefully your 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 job goes well. And the new- I am really looking forward to the first day. One because I'm not making jack shit, even getting paid for my vacation time from my other company um the paycheck is just is not going to be good it's it's going to really suck yeah because you get paid to drive not paid to sit you know yeah and the vacation pay that they give you is obscene and yeah. not in a sexy yeah, way. not not in a good way yeah no not even close so but i don't care it gave me the week to hang out with you before i start this new mm-hmm. venture and the new job seems optimistic, or I seem optimistic about it. You know, I spoke to the supervisor yesterday to find out what time they wanted me there. And he said basically, like, you know, the ass crack of dawn about an hour before. <laughs> so. Yeah, exactly. So I am. I'm excited. He he was like, you know, well, we should probably have you, you know, do like a ride along. I'm like, hey, I'm great with that. You know, I, I want to get to know, you know, get to learn the ropes and kind of be able to observe and, and absorb what I need to do this job before you throw me in a truck all by myself and, you know, slap me on the ass and say, good luck, here's your assignment. So I'm, I'm good with riding along for a day or two and kind of getting the vibe and whatnot. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, it's always good. You, gotta, gotta, you know, this, the kind of job that you're doing, yeah, you're not working, you're kind of doing a very specific task and maybe not dealing with people as much, at least with the new yeah, you, know, you were dealing with it. You know, at a, at a I'll probably be dealing with more people than I would have been if I were still doing the other job. Simply because I have to interact with scale masters at quarries and uh, other. Yeah, employees. but it, but it's still better than dealing with the idiots on the interstate. Yes, I should I should be uh, lucky yeah. enough to have a minimal amount of, um, you know, four wheel asshole steering wheel holders to have to encounter during my day hopefully not as many but at least or at least not as far away well that's that's the thing too is that you know i actually get to wake up on monday morning go to work and then come back home and yeah both of those uh events going to bed and waking up will be in my own home not on a truck x amount of miles away from the person i want to be next to there you go yeah exactly so 
All right. Um, have we toast and jammed? We have toasted and jammed, and now it's time to get naughty. Oh, my. Well. And if you haven't yet done so, you can call 253-237-3321 and tell us about the best porn you ever watched and what made it the best. So, Fonboy, I'm going to throw that to You're you. Throw tell to me, me about the best one you okay, ever watched so, and then tell me why. Okay. Well, I'm, I will. I, what I will do is I will talk about probably probably my two favorite porn actresses. And because you know no, you have to tell us about the movie. You can't just you you can't just take us down another Marilyn Chambers tunnel. You have well, to tell well, us okay, the well, movie. Well, you know, okay, well, you know, I, I meant, I'm mentioning Marilyn Chambers, but that but and actually probably one of my one of my favorite movies um of hers is called Up and Coming and she's a she's a a, a rising country western country western star there we go um but what and, and i and, and the reason and, and i say that right now and there's and she's also done it actually i may even like this movie better it's insatiable but um but ultimately why i like her and and and, to, and, and also um you know the you know, to a lesser degree i'd say aunt peg or or uh, uh otherwise known as juliet anderson um is that you can tell in the video that they're real that they're actually into it they're actually enjoying it they're actually having a good time right it's you know that that there's you can tell with a lot of you know i won't say a lot of performers but you know the many performers you can kind of look at and go you're not enjoying this what the what what are you in you know the, it, this is not uh, you're not uh, if you are enjoying it you're not showing it very well and it, it looks like they're just sort of going through the motions versus you know and, and even with the editing and things sometimes in some videos you can kind of see that they're like you know that they're 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 adding in the fake shit to make it look like they're having a good time when really they're not and, yeah. So, but ultimately, I would say it, it's that. Yeah. In in these in these movies, it, yeah. And it, it's it ultimately comes down to the fact that they, um, th- you know, they're actually they're they're say they're actually into it. They're actually enjoying it, and they're and it's and it's you know it's passionate. It's a you know it's a wonderful thing. You know. So, yeah, that's probably why I like it is because it's because the the main actresses are actually, you know. Yeah, they say they're they're not faking it necessarily. Well, that's kind of cool. I mean, I I I can't poo on that to be honest. I mean, personally, um, <laughs> I used to watch an ass load of porn for educational purposes and sometimes just to keep me awake. To be honest, because you know, middle of the night, you're bored out of your mind. You know, for whatever reason. You know, listen to some broad screamer head off in ecstasy, even if it is faking it. You know, it would keep you awake. But one of the one of the movies I actually enjoyed, and I spoke of it last week, was Pirates. Um, one because I'm a huge Evan Stone fan, and also you know a, a big Jesse Jane fan. But also because there was there was a moderately decent story slash plot line behind it. It wasn't just mindless you know, goody bits being smashed together and faking it like you were talking about. It, I mean, you can, one of the, okay, so this this is where I get to have a mini rant, especially because of the fact that I've worked in different aspects of the adult industry. I cannot stand when you're watching an adult film 
And, like, okay, I know they take breaks in between scenes and whatnot, you know, position changes and what have you, but could somebody please, for the love of Christ, hand that dude a fucking bottle of lube? Could, 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 could we get that done? It's not that expensive. Yeah, well... It makes me absolutely batshit to see some dude, you know, go and rail some chick, and there's not an ounce of lubrication to be found. I'm like, somebody just hand that man a bottle of, bi- of baby oil at the very least. You know, give, give her a little bit of a break, because that's going to cause chafing. Yeah, of course there's yeah, there of course there's movies I'm thinking about that uh yeah, that uh <laughs> where that's actually done. Um so what that they get being given lube or yes. getting chafed? <laughs> <laughs> lubed. Lubed or chafed, I think that's a potential lubed show title. Lubed or chafed is a great show title. No, I've seen them too. I mean, any any uh backdoor films if you will. Um there damn well better be a bottle of lube yeah. on set. There okay, so there is a and of course I'm thinking of a scene with um yeah, with with actually uh, Aunt Peg, right? Uh, in in Okay, that. I'm sorry. That name just in and of itself because one I have a person named Peg that I know who yeah. I can't picture well. So okay, okay so, I so I'll, I'll, I'll show I'll show you her, away. right? Um so her her she was born Judith Carr. That was one of her like Wait a minute, her her professional name is Aunt Peg? Well no, it's, it, it's uh, well, so the Wikipedia page points to Juliet Anderson, but there is, um, but yeah, she's also known as some other names as well, right? Dear um, God. But, but her born name is Judith Carr. Uh, she died in 2000, she, she was, uh, um, actually, she's born uh, three days before you in 1938. Uh, she died in 2009, or 2010, it looks What are you, into granny porn, phone boy? What the hell? Well, okay, I'm, I've seen oh, the 70s videos. My- God, she you actually, are, you freak of nature. So, she actually, it's funny, she did not get into the porno industry until she was almost 40. Ugh. She entered during the golden age of porn. So, so. Oh, help me now. Okay, yeah. hard pass. Granny porn, hard pass. Well, she, well, okay, the videos that I saw of her, no. not granny, but. No, even, no, I, I have an age cutoff. I'm yeah. a weird bitch. Yeah. I truly have an age cutoff. <laughs> I don't want to watch anybody my age fucking. I'm just going to put it out there in plain language for you folks. No. Okay. There's an age cutoff at which you just go, yeah, not so much. We need to talk off mic, phone boy. I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. No, but I mean, the, the okay, but my point with all of this is that, it, and in fact, with, with uh, Juliet Anderson, she's, she is, um, you know, one of the, you know, one of the stories about her is that all of the orgasms she's ever had on camera have not been faked. See, that I can respect. Yeah. And that, so even, you know, again, whether, you know, whether it's your thing or not, it's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're yeah, getting- seeing it. Yeah, but how do you know that's true? Okay, 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 okay. How do you know that is actually true? And I can't believe our refire uh, topic became such a a deep dive. But how do you know that that's the truth? She could easily. How many women on a daily basis freaking fake it? You think they're actually going to admit? Oh yeah, I faked it. I don't know any woman that's going to actually admit she faked an orgasm. Uh, all I can say is you don't fake it. Bet your ass I don't fake it. I don't have to. <laughs> yeah, no. But that's, that's for another time. That's for the after party, mofo. That, that, that's right. So um, I'll, I'll read from her. So 
Um, let's see. Um, I'll, I'll read from the Book of Knowledge page. So I wish I had the con- you know, insert consult a book of knowledge here, the, the Fletcher quote, which I probably have on my site, I'm sure. Okay, so although Anderson played many characters during her movie career, all tended to be tough-talking and unsentimental, yet rambunctious, vibrant, and even comedic, all at the same time. She was said never to have faked an orgasm in any of her films. Um, uh, author Charles Taylor wrote that she brought a persona of classic movie broad to porn, and, and she she did look... You know, she looked kind of like she could have been one of those, and I think that and that might have been what she one of the things she wanted to do. And by the way, Marilyn Chambers wanted to be a legitimate actress, I think, at some point, and obviously that you know she it. failed. Yeah, well, um, but um, yeah. So so it's Arthur. So author Charles Taylor wrote that she brought a persona of classic movie broad to porn, referring to her as the Joan Blondell of porn. I don't know what that is or who she is, but another critic, Howard Hampton, opted that. Her tough, no-nonsense older woman routine would be at home in the margins of any Howard Hawks movie. If we knew who Howard Hawks yeah, was, if we knew who any of these people were, this is the book of knowledge. Right? What the fuck any of this? Fuck means. Wikipedia. What yeah. is wrong with them? Yeah. So, okay. So, Bully Steed, you're the one who suggested this damn topic. Um, I, I want to hear. This was a great. Yeah, we want to hear Bully Steed's favorite best and you, adult and, and, and film. And you don't and have why. to call in if you don't want no, to. You can you just can, put it in the chat. It's just okay. put it in the chat. I mean, we'd we'll, prefer a call just because we're greedy like that. But yeah, hey, exactly. We're greedy. We'll take like what that. we can get. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but it's you know it, it, that actually triggered my mind when you were talking about wanting to be a serious actress. Um, that actually happened. To Tracy Lords, she yeah. started as a porn actress and became serious. And unfortunately, it negatively affected her career badly because she did attempt to buy up all the copies of the movies that she had made. Yeah, I, well, yeah. I mean, I don't know. The, the occasionally, you see even the, the go in the other direction. You know, I'm, I'm thinking of Christina Ricci. I think is a, is a she I, did a porn. I thought she did. Dude, Wednesday Adam did a porn. Yeah. What is wrong with the world? Okay. Yeah, but uh, anyway, I thought I, I th- anyway, or you know, or I guess um, what was the one with? Uh, and it was uh, Pamela Anderson with Tommy Lee. Have you seen this dude's hog? Holy shit! Yeah, Why I, would she divorce him? I probably have that Jesus. video somewhere. I saw like a snippet of this and went, "Oh my god." You think, okay, no so wonder Bully she says, a I think watching college water up. polo or Olympic level water polo is porn. Oh, that's a great cop out. <laughs> yeah, Bobbit yeah, porn was funny. Oh, oh, Jesus! Good I, I, I'm God. Sorry, sorry. No, no, that no. is funny. That is that is funny, actually. Oh my! And actually, we were listening to a Weird Al song that referenced Bobbit when he got his shit lopped off. It was the um, it was the parody for oh hell, I don't remember now. It was something about news, and you had said that it, it was headline news. It was part of it. it. was part. Of, yeah, it was part of the headline news uh, one that Memorize played. I, I'd forgotten about, and it's probably one of that's the, right. I think it's on the one album that I don't have memorized. Um, it's probably why it's not there. But uh, the, yeah, the best porn yeah, is Sharky. Funny. The best porn. Yeah. So um, yeah, um, there's a lot of good porn. Yeah, alt sex stories back in the day. Yeah, all, all I'm saying. You know. What like. Talking about like stories that you read? Yes. Oh shit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll admit I kept a couple of those books on my truck and I did have one particular story in, in, in particular that, Yeah, there um, you go. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, if Anyways, you wanna if you wanna call about this later. Well, here's the thing though. Yeah. Okay, I, I get where Sharky's at with that. Yeah. Okay, since we apparently fell down a uh, porn rabbit hole. A uh, a porn yeah, hole a velvet rabbit a, hole. A porn, as it were. porn hole. 
a porn hole. Are you sure it wasn't a glory hole? Hello. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> you made me, you motherfucker, you made me lose my train of thought. Okay. Oh, I know what it was. No, I, I have to agree with Sharky about the best being written because whatever, and unfortunately for you, that's got to suck with having the, you know, the inability to imagine things. But I I think, yeah, I, I think written is so much better because you can just form the picture in your mind and it may be different for everyone, even though the words are the same. So I, I get that. Yeah, that's a, that's a way to do it. Um, yeah, which is, I don't know how I did that because I don't visualize things very well. I, I never have. So, um, yeah, what is a, what is a hobbit hole? Um, okay, well, I might have to play this ballad of Bim- Bilbo Baggins at don't the Don't you dare. No. <laughs> Absolutely not going to happen in this studio. <laughs> oh, when she's away. <laughs> when she's away and can't hear it, she doesn't care. I hate that song. I am repulsed by that song. I will find and delete the audio file that is associated with your being able to find that song. Good luck. Yes, I know. I don't have that technical knowledge yet, but I'm working on it. There you go. Okay, so let's... Okay. So, anyway... So, 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 shall we go to our second yeah, half of show topic? I think topic? we should give the, give the folks what they actually came for, and, and not our terrible ramblings about, you know, yeah. porn and, and hobbits. And bobbit, and bobbit holes, either. And bobbit holes. <laughs> we're we're going to talk about the diet perspective of um, diabetes now. Yeah, so... Okay, so what, here's what's interesting, is, is so, I, I think... Um, let's see. Um, I, I have a I have a little thing here, a little flyer from the American Diabetes Association. They, I'm sorry for uh, you. Yeah, it, it, you know, here's what the mainstream is being told: that there is no diabetes diet, right? Really, talk to your doctor and get a referral to a registered dietitian who can help you figure out what eating plan makes the most sense for you and your treatment goals. Now, um, I would disagree with that, um, but that's neither here nor there. Um, so. They recommend, and then and that's you know, and most people kind of skip that and don't even try the diet. But of course, the, also the advice they get is interesting. So um, we get variations on the following, um, you know, on the following things. Right? Um, is that um, the diet that they suggest in the you know the you know, high level diet that they suggest in the um, you know, and the American Diabetes Association is they it has about fifty percent non-starchy vegetables, twenty-five percent carbs, and twenty-five percent protein. Now, by my calculation, because non-starchy vegetables do contain carbs, by the way, they don't contain as many, um, but they still contain carbs. And your body, your your liver's a meritocracy; it doesn't care where the carbs come from. Um, yeah, so literally, what they're telling you is to eat a diet of seventy-five percent carbs. That should scare anybody who knows anything about the conversion of carbs to sugar when it comes to diabetes. Yeah. So now, also, if you go look at the the um, you know what they're recommending the the sort of the food pyramid, kind of the same thing, right? Again, it kind of comes down to the same numbers, right? Um, you know, they might so like for example, you know, yeah, non-starchy vegetables or carbs. Um, you know, or or I've seen. I, I think on another page it was, um, yeah, non-starchy vegetables are the yeah the, the same. That you know, I've seen another one where they they suggest whole grains. Whole grains also freaking carbs, folks, right? 
Um, oh, yeah. Wait till I get into yeah. my list of oh, what I, they well, encourage you to eat if you are yeah. trying to have a balanced diet with type 2 or uh, yeah. gestational. Yeah. Or, let's okay, they, they say 25% should be protein, but they say they suggest eating um, beans and nuts as opposed to some of the meats, and we can get into that. Guess what? Beans and nuts are fucking carbs. So even the protein that they tell you to eat is fucking carbs. So yeah, and they're recommending you not to eat like red meat and oh, make sure your skin, you know, your chicken has no skin and okay. Oh, so all right, rant so, incoming, y'all. Yeah, rant incoming. So I'm going to let you do your thing for a second, and then I will go off like yeah. A this this is Roman where candle. Foam Boy's fixing to lose his shit. So we're going to start off with. The foods that they recommend you eating if you are trying to eat a balanced diet. Now, they didn't give portions on this, so it's not like, you know, this many grams or this many cups. But the the first thing on this list, which cracks me up, is healthy carbohydrate foods. So in and of itself, we agree that carbs are the enemy when you are a diabetic. I mean, let's just be honest. Fruits and vegetables, yeah, I can get behind. The legumes like beans that Foam Boy was talking about, I don't agree with. The whole grains, absolutely not. The omega-3 fatty acid-rich foods, yeah, I can get behind that. Some tuna, sardines, salmon, mackerel, halibut, cod, sure. Now, they're talking about monounsaturated and polyunsaturated foods. Wait for it. Here comes the rant. They want you to consume olive oil. Canola oil, a.k.a. rapeseed. Peanut oil. It comes from a legume. I'm okay with the almonds, the pecans, the walnuts, and the avocados. But those oils, I got a problem with it. Should I? Should I, I have a series of clips on canola, canola oil. I think this would be the perfect time to play that. Yes. So, let's, let's actually play. So... This is a clip from a show called "What It's What uh, How It's Made," which is a which is a show that's on. I the, know that show. Yes, um, and and unfortunately, Mike Rowe was not the an- announcer on this one. Um, so no, but it's still a pretty groovy it's still show. Pretty pretty groovy show. So, all right, so let's let's explain what canola oil actually is. Yes, please. And we'll do that now. Canola oil is a commonly used type of cooking oil. It's derived from the seed of the canola plant, which North American farmers have been growing for about thirty years. The plant blooms in the summer, producing bright yellow flowers. Farmers harvest the seeds from pods, which form after those flowers die off. Hot, fresh bullshit. Yeah, I wish I had the bullshit clip, but actually I probably do, but I just have to find it and put it in. But ultimately, yeah. Um, Yeah, the plant is called a rapeseed. So they they rebranded it, is what they did. That's exactly what they did. And uh, yeah, so, um, so yeah. Now you want to now, now they say that this is one of the healthiest soils known to man. Now, I, I'm, I'm let's put that According aside for a second, who? and let me ask a question: If you knew how it was made, would you eat it? And this is a situation where I've got a few clips that explain well how it's made. And, well, okay, wait though. In oh. all fairness, oh shit, there it goes again. <laughs> Foam boy's mic falling again. Oops, I, oops, I did it again. That's yeah. right. Um, it, it's interesting because, um. <laughs> that the if you knew how it was made, would you eat it philosophy actually applies to a lot of foods, not the least of which is peanut butter, chocolate. Um, I actually saw a video where someone, uh, a, a mom in Alabama, I believe, which, you know, we'll forgive her for <laughs> being from Alabama, but she actually 
had opened up a can of Chef Bayardi ravioli. I think they were mini raviolis. I'm not sure. They might have been full size. But she opened up this can of the ravioli, and I don't know how. Maybe something looked weird or whatever. She opened up one of these pastas, and she's got this paper towel where she's showing you as she's opening up this, these you know, raviolis. There are bug legs. There are bug shells. There's just a whole lot of shit that you really should not be eating, you know, or forced to eat unknowingly. You know, if if that's what Chef Boyardee is using as their filler uh, to make the meat go further, yeah. Let's just say that since I saw that video, I have not touched a can of Chef Boyardee, and that was probably a couple of years ago. Yeah, um, I've got to play this clip because of, because of course, like... Uh, you know, if we're if we're gonna do this, um, this is this is where I've got to find the uh, I've got to find the clip because of this is, yeah, because um, yeah, if you don't play this, you know, you've not you've not done your job as a no agenda producer, you know, playing this clip. Tastes like poop. You would I think I'd actually prepared that, that beforehand, but no, I didn't. I well, no, you also didn't know I was going to tell that story. I hadn't actually thought. No, about it's it. because we're consummate professionals. You know, that's, that's how this works. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, that's just you know, uh, notwithstanding the fact I shouldn't have been eating the, the stupid ravioli to begin with. Once I saw that video, even if it was staged, faked, or otherwise, yeah, I'm good with uh, with never putting that in my mouth again. Yeah. So here we go. Um, now we'll ignore the health benefit, the, the 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 fact that it maybe is not so great, and I'll get into that in a little bit. Um, but let's just see how it's made, and, and based on that, would you eat it? And here's here's the first here's one of the first steps in that process. When the canola seed arrives at the processing factory, it contains foreign material, mostly plant pieces. So the first step is to clean the seed in a vibrating sieve. The seeds, smaller than the openings in the sieve's mesh, fall through to a conveyor below. The foreign material remains on top. A conveyor moves it to a storage bin where it's collected for sale as cattle feed. So, wow. Yeah, and that's, as I say, that's the first step. So ultimately what they're doing is, so they're taking... Starting you off right. They're starting you off right. And now here's my question, and this is what I don't know. Do cattle, would cattle normally eat canola in this quantity? Probably not. If yeah. it's not something that they would encounter. Oh, it, it, in it gets nature. much. It gets much worse. Let's of course let's, it does. Let's play the next clip, shall sure. we? Sure. Next, the seeds enter a roller mill. They pass between two steel rollers, which crush them into thin flakes. A conveyor then feeds the flakes into a screw press. It has a large revolving screw-shaped shaft enclosed within a slotted cage. As the shaft turns, its threads squeeze the flakes with high pressure, forcing out the oil, which then drains out through the slots. 42% of canola seed is oil. This screw press extracts nearly three-quarters of that. The remainder is still trapped in the pressed flakes, now referred to as canola cake. The cake exits the other end of the press and moves on to a second extraction. Canola cake. Oh yeah, sounds delicious. Where do I get a slice of that? Yeah, Not. I was going to say I, I have to write that down as a potential show title. What canola cake? A can, canola Love cake. It. Yeah. So, um, 
Okay, so so let's just review. So okay, so far what we've what we have is we have a certain amount of oil that has been that has been extracted from pressing the the seed, and now we've got you know so that itself might not be so great. Now, but this is where it gets kind of gross in my opinion, right? Okay, so this qu- squashing a seed to get its oil out is one thing, but let's. Uh, Let's hear what the the next step in the process is, because they said that there's about um, that there's a percentage of stuff that yeah that it, it, they weren't able to get uh, you know the canola cake right they weren't able to get all the oil out of it so what do they do to get the con- the rest of the oil out well, well hold that thought for a second I have a question um and and we might want to look into this because we are always uh, talking about olive oil and avocado oil what's the process to extract that. That is a different question, and I think it's a, you know, we might want to ask our friends at Villa Capelli. Oh, that's another thing we should have mentioned, actually, is that I got my shipment of, we, Villa Capelli finally had their olive oil in stock, and it turns out their one of their distribution centers, or at least the distribution center that shipped from us, is actually in K-Town, so... Um, yeah, that so we we have uh, we have proper olive oil that we know is 100% pure olive oil and not cut with other seed oils, but uh, and I'll be using it along with some of the Italian sea salt that we got from Villa Capelli for tonight's steak and broccoli dinner. That's right. So All right, so like I said, so far so good, but let, here's here's where it gets, starts getting a little um little bit uh, shady. This one, a 70-minute wash with a solvent. This chemical extraction process removes all but a trace of oil. The factory then grinds the cake into protein-rich meal, which it sells as animal feed. The extracted oil, stored in large tanks, now enters the refining phase. This is where it all gets gross. This is where it all gets gross, and it's already kind of gross. I mean, even if you get to that point, it's like, yeah. So well, it's so- gross, uh, in my personal opinion. Yeah. It's gross that they are just throwing the the remnants of what they've pressed all that oil out of to cattle like, oh, they don't give a shit. They'll eat anything. Yeah. And then well, you wonder why the meat that commercial farming is giving, you know, is, is, is putting out in grocery stores again. You know, let's link it all back. They're, that's not a species appropriate diet item. Yeah, and and you know, we make a point of when we talk to our um we talk to our farmers at the farmers market uh you know where we're at and uh, yeah, there there's a you know, and they they you know, they're big on feeding it what it what the animal's supposed to eat. They're not they're not getting these weird feeds or whatever. They're they're having them, you know, naturally graze on And I thing. can tell you the chicken that we get from the chicken farm Yeah, from from Casey Farms. The, yeah, the, it's, yeah, it's it's the, amazing. Oh my god, it's the bomb. Dig- and we did tell them we were going to say hi to them today. Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. They them, loved our uh, yeah, them chicken and running across and, the uh, stove and, story. Um, you know, what's the? I, I I have it here in my show notes. I should uh, make sure that I Randolph call them Farms. Out. Yeah, Randolph Farms. Yeah, we we um, we're we're calling them out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're calling them out for being awesome. That's right. Um, you know, so um, I got one more clip about how canola oil is made. Um, yeah, sorry, I just I wanted to jump is in the, on that. They, so there's already, so we've already just to review, right? We've separated out some of the oil. We've kind of like washed it out and got more oil, and now we're refining the oil. Let's let's hear what the refining process uh, is like. After washing and filtering the oil, they bleach it to lighten the color. Then use a steam injection heating process to remove the canola odor. The oil is now fully refined and ready for bottling. Yeah, uh, like, yeah, so it's pretty gross. And in fact, um, 
Yeah, this is, uh, you know, this actually goes back a lot farther than canola oil, because canola really didn't start becoming mainstream until the 70s. But the but the, but the problem with with seed oil goes back much further than that. In fact, um, so um, I have some clips from Nina Teicholz, which she's a she's an investigative journalist. She she got she got um, her history was she got um, thrown kind of a, almost kind of a junk article about diet or something, and she went hard on it and is. Uh, she's been described as Gary Tobbs with a vagina because Gary Tobbs has done the same thing. Of course, Gary Tobbs has also also been described as uh, Nina Teicholz with a penis. You know, yeah, they they, they, they by Vinnie Tortorich, yeah, by know. the way. Yeah. So, but anyway, the, it, so she um, anyway she she talks about so anyway I've got a couple of clips here from Nina Teicholz who she was on the, a podcast called the Doctor's Pharmacy with Doctor Mark Hyman and. Um, and I actually ran across this clip today, and I remember listening to this back in the day. But um, so she tells about a brief. There's a brief history of, of vegetable oil and kind of how it came about. The vegetable oil industry was kind of born in the early 1900s, right? The first vegetable oil product was Crisco. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> so it used to be that those oils were used for the Industrial Revolution. Um, they were used to to lubricate machinery, and then they figured out how to harden them to make them, and they <laughs> learned how to bleach them and make them look white, and then. They thought, and it was actually Procter and Gamble that that figured out how to do that. They were going to make it into a soap. You know, soap is made from oil. Instead, they're like, yeah. mm, "That looks an awful lot like lard. Let's try yes. to sell it as a food." And they were, in fact, very successful at doing that. Yeah, and it's quite interesting because I can remember the day I stopped using Crisco. Yeah. Um, for one thing, when I was very young, I splashed Crisco and ended up having three large. Uh, blister burns on my face because of it but I I think it was fried chicken that had been made it was something like that and when I got done eating it there was this nasty feeling film on the on the roof of my mouth and I was like I am never going to eat anything that is made with this product or contains this product fried in it or whatever ever again and I haven't yeah and so yeah, so I, I refer to vegetable oils as toxic waste they figured out how to make edible. And and it really is, right? Because, it, because yeah, it goes back to the 19th century. It was used to lubricate machines, and at some point it was, uh, you know, it was used to do that. Now, now you might, you might ask the question, so how did... So how did these things sort of get into the, to the dietary zeitgeist, right? Corruption well, and money. Cor- of course it was. And in fact, Nina Teicholz, tells how that happened with the American Heart Association, which of course is a, which is a, which has an interesting history of itself, but uh, let, uh, I'll let uh, Nina talk about it. In 1948, um, the American Heart Association, which is really just an association of cardiologists, right? Remember, heart disease is new. Tiny little association. Yeah. They barely had an office. They were just yeah. like, they barely had any funds. Procter and Gamble comes in and says, we're going to make you the designee of this radio show uh, for the, a week. And over, it was this huge deal. Overnight, 
literally according to the official history of the American Heart Association, they said millions of dollars flowed into our coffers. We became overnight the powerhouse, opening offices all across the country that we are today. They're still the number one largest non-for-profit in the, in the country. Amazing. All thanks to Procter & Gamble. And pretty soon thereafter, they started to recommend that you start eating vegetable oils to prevent a heart attack. Mm-hmm. Which um, was the worst idea because it turns out that trans fats, everybody agrees in this, have killed hundreds of thousands, millions of people over the decades. Yeah. Wow. Can you say uh, corruption at its core? Oh, yeah, exactly. And and in fact, that is, um, yeah. Um, so this nonprofit organization, it, it, yeah, and it, it, it makes sense, right, that they would cater to their donors. Not to be cliche, but that's some serious palm greasing. Yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, what I'm looking for here, I'm trying to actually, I had, I had some stuff printed out. I was going to, I was going to pull up here, but, um, yeah, it, it, anyway, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, but, but ultimately, yeah, this is, um, you know, we talked about cancer earlier in the show, right? And it's interesting that these companies are actually out there producing, or they're saying that one, you know, oh, here, I'm gonna, let me read this. This is, this is actually, I think this is all I need here. Um, so, um, let's see. So, they talk about, um, or I think it was actually, I think the idea was is that you would change, you change out animal fats for fats from, like, fish and, you know, maybe certain, you know, I don't know, there's some other ones, but it's like, okay, well, those are the same, but, um, um, you know, what What kind of scary, we, when you talked about cancer, it's like, okay, well, one of the oils that they say, they swap out, you know, swap out, you know, animal oils for plant oils, right? Now, the only oil, quote unquote, that's healthy from a plant, it's really the, it's really the juice of a, of a, it's the juice of a fruit, it would be, it would be olives and olive oil, right? Um, I would say if you if you want like some real olive oil, and I mean the real stuff, yeah, you want to go get it from Villa Capelli. They, they, they ship it, they ship it in, from in the U.S., but it comes from a it comes from a villa in uh, in uh, in Italy. And um, yeah, if you want to go, yeah, I mean we'll put a link in the show notes to Villa Capelli, but it's it's it is the real good stuff, right? Unfortunately, they cut. Uh, they cut olive oil with seed oils, and you got to be careful. Most right? times, and, and you don't necessarily know, and they don't have to tell you. So, um, but what's interesting is one of the oils they recommend is healthy as canola oil. Well, maybe that's not the most healthiest thing out there. Remember, we talked about the Minnesota Coronary Survey, where they had people, some people, on on vegetable oil diets. In all of those studies, again and again and again, the people on the vegetable oil diets died at much higher rates from cancer. Mm. This was considered a side effect of this uh, heart-healthy diet. And they actually had a series of very high-level meetings at the NIH in the early 1980s to figure out what was going on with this side effect of cancer. And nobody could figure it out. And they basically just said, look, we believe that vegetable oils will help people prevent heart disease, so we're going to ignore the cancer effect. We're going to ignore the cancer effect? Yeah, you know. Side effect of cancer. I mean, seriously. What's that? Collateral damage, ultimately? Yeah, I mean, okay. So, here's the thing, right? Yeah, so, so, you know, we're we're making billions. So, what a few million people die. Fuck them. Yeah, this is, okay, this is one of my rants, right? It's, and this is, this is a health thing that we talk about, you know, the phrase comes up of all-cause mortality. What does that mean? Literally any reason you die. It doesn't matter how you die. If you die, you're dead, right? There's no coming back from that. It doesn't matter, right? 
he's bleeding demise. He's gone off to meet his maker. You know, it's, anyway, there's there's a whole Monty Python thing about a dead parrot or something. I don't know. Um, but so it doesn't matter how you die. You die. Right. So wouldn't it make sense if you're trying to ex- have more life, motherfucker, right, that you try to mitigate any risk of dying to, you know, depending upon what what, you know, what's more uh you know what's more likely to happen so well it also comes down to um you know and, and this ties into the diabetes thing of how do you reverse it well diet and exercise well if you're not willing to give up those you know little debbie cakes or as i call them little diabetes cakes if you're not willing to give up you know the liquor the whatever you know sugar and and stuff that you shouldn't be eating the carbs and whatnot then you obviously don't want to live that bad. I want to live forever. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and I think, and, and honestly, yeah, our, you know, and there, this came up on No Agenda today, and I, and, and it asked, you know, the question that came up was that it, 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 you know, uh, Dame Kenny Bennett brought up the fact that there was a, um, you know, that uh, you know we there, there was there was a. Um, I've got to, I've got to actually find it now. There's a, there's a it's a, it's she was a 13 year old girl that was 200 pounds, and I'm sorry if you're over 200 pounds, most adults shouldn't be over 200 pounds at the you know regardless of and much much less a 13 year old. Right? Yeah, but here's the thing. Okay, at 13, your body is now of course with all the horrible food that we're forced to feed our kids if we're shopping at the grocery store for it and not growing it ourselves or raising it ourselves but at 13 you know girls are just starting to go through the whole puberty thing and you know they're they're probably getting or you know just shortly previously have you know gotten their their aunt flow and all that so your hormones are just going absolutely apeshit at that time of your life as a girl <clears throat> add in an obesity factor that that's just going to keep going i hate to say it she's on a a she's on a a, a you know highway to hell essentially uh in the form of what happens when she's 20 and she's 300 pounds if she even waits that long you know again this is why i said we're ending up you know, we wonder why we have shows like My 600-Pound Life with, what's her name, like Brittany or whatever. This is why. It starts with 200-pound 13-year-olds. Yeah. Now, I mean, even, okay, so even my own my own daughter, right? Unfortunately, I could not. My opinions were not welcome, let's just say that. Um, and, you know, and I see my daughter, my, she's 18 now, and I haven't, it's been six months since I saw her. I'm pretty, so she's about five two, I think, and maybe two hundred pounds. You know, so that's that worries me, right? As a as a as a as a father, right? And, and I, you know, we and we say uh, we say goodnight, Gracie, at the end of the at the end of our after party, uh, partially because of her, partially because of the way she was named, which was uh, George Burns and Gracie Allen, right? So, um, but uh, but yeah, this is. Um, yeah, I'm worried, right? I don't know what she's, and especially with the, you know, I mean, I can't, you know, I'm having been a child of divorce myself. I know that it's stressful. No matter who's at fault, doesn't matter, right? It's a stressful time. So she was already stressed out, and you know, I'm sure she's going to therapy and all that. You know, I know because I'm paying for it. But, but the, but the reality is that she's that. Yeah, I'm worried about my daughter because 
yeah, I know what her mother looks like, and you know, I'm not I'm not trying to fat shame her or anything, but yeah, I mean, and yeah, I know what I was, and and yeah, I know what the uh, you know, her genetics aren't working for her in this regard, and I know, and I saw how she ate, and she didn't take, she wasn't eating the way I was eating, um, so yeah, there's there's and and yeah, and, and unfortunately, trying to um, that that message was not very well received, and yeah, do I worry about my daughter, especially with everything that's going on? Yeah, I worry about her. I mean, she also had a she was also in a car accident apparently which I, again nobody you know the reason i found out about it was because yeah because of blah blah divorce but i haven't not, my daughter hasn't said anything to me i don't know how she's doing exactly i'm guessing she's okay but um but yeah i mean i worry because yeah i i i know what is possible for my daughter in terms of her you know um of her health based on what she's eating and she unfortunately doesn't want to hear um the you know a possible solution to that it's but, kind uh, of interesting <clears throat> You were mentioning the fact that, you know, you're not soon enough X is a, you know, complete Hindenburg and that, you know, you were, you were pretty portly yourself. Um, when we were grocery shopping yesterday, I was people watching and I saw a lot of that. I saw a lot of fat kids. Yeah, I'm going to call them fat because they were, they're fucking fat. And guess what? Mom and dad are fat, too. It's a fucking epidemic. And it doesn't have to be like that. There is a solution. But people just don't want to do it. Because they just don't want to not have that big-ass plate of nachos. Or, you know, the chocolate cake. Sugar's a drug. It really is. But, I mean, folks... You're killing your kids. Come on. Do you love your kids? Would you hand your child, would you hand your five-year-old a loaded gun and show him or her how to pull the trigger? That's what you're doing every time you hand them a cookie or a piece of candy. Sugar in your cereal, sugar in everything that you consume because you're not reading labels, because it's easier to shut the kid up with a cookie or a handful of Lucky Charms or a marshmallow, which is nothing but pure sugar. Stop it. Just stop it. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, again, we've got, we've got a couple of generations now because this goes back to, um, you know, this goes back a ways, right? It, it's because certainly in my generations when we started seeing a lot of the food fuckery, right? I mean, it's, it's really... Um, and unfortunately, right? Um, yeah, we're propagating that to another generation, and so this is a, yeah. And I think we've, uh, you know, we we've uh, with our own health journeys, yeah. We've, you know, the, and we've, you know, we're not perfect, and we're not gonna we're not gonna claim that we are. But ultimately, yeah, you know, we went out to dinner last night, and you didn't eat for good. And, and no, and, I but, didn't. Yeah, and you know what? And I think you made the better choice, honestly, given given what I spent and. You know, probably the quality of the stuff that we ate, but um. I looked at the menu, and there was nothing on it that touched me. Even, well, first of all, okay, yeah, they had prime rib, and they had, you know, ribeye steak on the menu. Yeah, there was just something. There was something in me that even when. You know, even when you looked at just the fact it was, um, you know, 
a steak. I, I just I got that vibe like no. The size bothered me. I think the size was what bothered me. It was because, like, a 12-ounce was, like, the biggest steak you could get. And I was like, eh, you know, for the price they wanted, it just wasn't feeling like it was worth it. And ultimately, <laughs> when they when they brought out your cream of mushroom soup, and then they brought out the prime rib, I was really glad that I didn't. Because... The smell of the prime rib, one, it was overdone, and two, it just smelled terrible to me, whether it was because, I don't know, it it could have just been me, but I can tell you that I could feel the flour in that cream of mushroom soup. Oh, yeah, it was there, I'm sure, and and yeah, I mean, I kind of made that conscious effort, you know, I mean, I made that decision right and you can make that decision right, right? it's like i, I knew kind of i'm like yeah this is probably not the most optimal thing i could have eaten yeah okay you know you make that mistake and you move on right is this and again i'm 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 in tune with my body enough to know okay this is going to work or this is not going to work right and i'm not going to claim that everybody you know that that i'm perfect or you know it's you know I, I and in fact i gave her a lot of credit last night for choosing not to eat or even have the drink that you ordered yeah, and I felt bad because that damn drink was like fucking eight dollars. Yeah, anybody well, out there? Okay, you'll understand. Uh, I ordered a liquid marijuana. If you've never had one, it's a couple of different fruit juices and Midori melon liqueur. Um, I believe there's some coconut rum in it. But yeah, I, I and it it was one of those things that as soon as I ordered it. I was looking for the waitress to go, yeah, cancel that. Like, I just, I knew, because I know what drinking that is going to make my body feel like. And I didn't want to go through that. I didn't want that feeling. So, I mean, as as bad as I feel about the fact that, you know, I, I wasted, you know, the the money for that drink, you know, the, the trade-off is that, I'm not swollen and I'm not, you know, in pain ultimately because of having consumed that massive amount of sugar that is contained within that drink. So, yeah, I mean, that was ultimately my decision was between looking at the menu and not being able to find something that wasn't either going to be hot, fresh ass or not worth the money they were charging for it. Um, Yeah, I mean, I... I did an all-day fast, and I'm on the second day, (laughs) to be honest with you. The only thing that I have consumed in the last couple of days is coffee, and there's no no sweetness or anything. It's just heavy cream and coffee, so. Yeah, and that's, you know, we can can get into, you know, again, it's, um, yeah, if that's all you've had, that's, you know, yeah, that's pretty good, you know, and yeah, but... uh, you got a great dinner planned for tonight, so I can show you that. Um, so I do. it's going to be delish. Oh, I don't doubt it is. Um, so I have a couple more clips, and they're they're from Vinnie Tortorich, and, and I think it's um, relevant because I think I think it's pretty clear what we would recommend as far as a dietary approach. Because because let's face it, you don't need to eat carbs. Your body's going to produce whatever sugar it needs through gluconeogenesis. So don't worry about eating that in fact you have to eat sugar and so you know and i'll read from the american diabetes association recommendations because i think because 
they're having a hard time being able to refute the fact that low carb actually works. And so let me let me read to you what they said in their in their dietary suggestions. Now, granted, this is dated from 2019, but that's what they offered on their website today when I went to go look. Um, it says carbs are not one size fits all. While there's a growing evidence to support that low carbohydrate eating patterns can benefit people with diabetes and pre-diabetes, there is no one definition for low carb. For some, following an eating pattern lower in carbs, 26 to 45% of total carbohydrates from carbohydrate, or total calories from carbohydrate, I'm sorry, showed better con- blood sugars and a reduction in diabetes medications, among other benefits. Work closely with your doctor and RDN if you choose a lower carb approach to minimize risks such as hypoglycemia and maximize success. Now, I will talk about my own experience with this because. And here's the thing. I, I did, you know, I was taking metformin at one point. And when I started doing intermittent fasting, which is a, which is an approach, which will lower your insulin, by the way. Uh, yeah, I, um, you, you know, I, it, you know, I actually, I did actually check with my doctor because I was on metformin. I'm like, look, you know, and I asked my doctor when I had went in, I said, look, here's what I'm doing. I'm fasting. Um, I will monitor my blood sugar. And if it gets below, and I'll and I'll you know I'll keep taking the metformin, but once it hits a certain, I'm gonna you know we'll you know we we agreed that okay keep monitoring it and and then you know when I went to him and I said okay I'm start I'm starting to get you know I'm starting to get blood sugar you know fasting blood glucose in the fifties he's like yeah okay you can stop taking metformin so um, so yeah I mean ultimately yeah if you if you're taking medication and you start you know you start going low carb yeah it's probably a good idea to check with your doctor and also make sure you're actually checking your blood sugar because granted a low blood sugar reading is not necessarily a bad thing although you know I think I think they say below 70 milligrams per dec- uh, deciliter I think is, is what's how it's is the the the, the unit um that's when they start worrying about it. I think I was around 50. You can get a little lower than that. And it, again, it depends on where you're at. It's the, the fluctuations that cause the problem. It's not the, you know, yeah, obviously if you have a below, I'd say, I'd say below 50, you need to worry. But uh, for the most part, you're, you know, most people aren't at that point. They're, you know, they, you know, they, they, they everything says, oh, low blood sugar is bad. Well, it depends on how low you're talking about. Um, and uh, yeah, there is a certain point where you die, but ultimately, yeah. Now, it's funny that they say 26 to 45% is uh, low carb. Well, compared to what they recommend, which is at least 75%, yeah, that is low carb. But really, what I'm thinking about with low carb is probably like, you know, I don't know, 10% or 5% or, you know, at less. best. Yeah, at best, right? So, um, yeah. So, by the way, links to everything that we talked about during the show will be in the show notes. Um, so, now one of the things that 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 comes up in when you, when you start going low carb and you start, um, you, you know, they say, oh, your 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 um, uh, you know, your physical, I don't know, whatever is not going to be is uh, is good in on a low carb. Your, your your ability to exercise or be able to you know I don't know do long distances or whatever is going to be a problem now. From, from talking with, you know, or again, hearing from like ultra marathoners or even like Vinnie Tortorich, right? It's ultimately, yeah, you need, when you're, when you're out there for hours on end, not stopping. So doing an ultra marathon, meaning more than 26.2 miles, right? Which, uh, you know, or do, you know, or like Vinnie did, did a 500 mile bike ride, right? Um, yeah, you're going to need some carbs to maybe get through. And in fact, even he, when he does his hiking, sometimes he will take, he does take, even though Mr. No Sugar, No Grains, take some M&Ms with him just in case, because you might end up somewhere and you need something, right? And that's ultimate. So it's, but, but the rest, but most of the time he doesn't use them because, 
he's you know he's well thing. So, um, so Vinny was on a podcast uh, t- on a on a carnivore podcast, really. Um, but this is a story that's that's uh, that he's written about in his fit, fitness confidential book. But uh, he talked about the fact this was after he had his uh, his chemo treatment for leukemia, and he was he was doing he was he was an ultra cycler. He was talking about doing a five hundred mile, um, you know, a five hundred mile race. And uh, yeah, let me. I'll, I'll just play this clip because I think it's because this. Is, so this is after. So this was after his oncologist told him yeah you're the no sugar no grains guy you should keep doing that if you want to keep um keep um what do you call it keep uh, keep cancer away so he did his last uh, ultra cycling event this is in probably in 2008 and he's talking about it in 2020 um here's what he has to say about his dietary approach and how it affected his performance if you read my book fitness confidential there was a race i had never completed and i wanted to do one more season on the bike so I did that season, and I used sugar on the bike only. I started cutting it out in the rest of my life. I was eating more meat at night. I was eating more eggs for breakfast, more meat for lunch, and really cutting the pasta and the rice down to a minimum. I was in my 40s. I was having my best cycling season ever. I started calling meat the poor man's EPO. You know, I felt like I was taking a drug. It was like, why wasn't I doing more of this before? And it turned out I was able to eat all the meat I wanted, and I got stronger and stronger. And that was the big change for me. And that's when I said, after this cycling season, after I complete the Furnace Creek 508, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And that's what I did. And that's when I wrote the book. Yeah, that's when he wrote Fitness Confidential. But ultimately, yeah, I mean, that's what he, and that's what he's been doing ever since, right? Um, and that's one of the things that's really endearing is the fact that he's not just some page shill that's you know making millions of dollars you know uh, he's not making millions of dollars he jokes no. about that on his show a lot no but that's the thing you know much like i've said about you you're actually a living example of how this can be done how it has been done you know there's photographic evidence to you know how how big you were and now how 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 big you're not yeah, I, I need to, I need to shrink a little more, but uh, because yeah, unfortunately, everything that's been going on, it's been a little, uh, you know, a lot of changes going on. So, yeah, but I mean, you're still, you know, you're you're going to start not uh, putting up zeros essentially because you know you're going to start getting up with me in the morning and going for your run when yeah. I get up to go to work. Yeah, well, that's something like that exactly. So now one of the benefits of eating this way, right? Now I think and and Vinny by the way, I think I I don't have a clip of this, but uh so um when Vinny's mom uh broke her hip, um he ended up there's a he ended up um and he's originally from New Orleans. He 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 ended up going down and staying with his parents for 7 weeks. Um, during her rehab, and you know, normal, and, and it, and it, you know, so so Vinny's mom is, you know, like late eighties or something like that, because Vinny's sixty now, and um, and her mom and his mom is at um, basically at her high school weight now. It, that wasn't the case before, but she's, you know, she broke her hip, and you know, and, and, and you know, she, you know, he did some rehab with her and that kind of thing, and taught him how to eat again, right? And uh, you know, and ultimately, their diet is much better. They've lost a bunch of weight. 
all of the inflammation and the you know the damage i won't say you know i won't say all of it is healed but a lot of it but a lot of it is healed and they're in better shape they're you know she's still getting around better than ever she's got a fucking she's you know she's a national treasure on the internet on the on the, on the national internet right um you know that's uh, that's that's uh, that's a phrase that she came up with the national internet um so um, she is a national treasure, though. It's she's all Vinny, you know. Anyway, v- Anna does a great. I, I her- can just imagine the old Italian lady going, "Oh, Vinny." Yeah, exactly. She yeah. So now Vinny's had you know Vinny Vinny played football in high school and college, you know, Division One, right? You know, he played at Tulane, right, uh, back in the eighties, and he still has foot. He has football injuries. You know, he's talked about it, but it, but ultimately, so he had to have shoulder surgery recently. And he talked about. How quickly he healed from that because because he eats no sugar, no grains, right? Here's here's how he healed from that, and and, and here's how he still stayed upright. I think maybe, uh, yeah, this real radical ream and run surgery, where you're supposed to be on on heavy class C narcotics, you know, for, for six months. That went away in in ten days. On the eleventh day, I took a Tylenol, and that was it. And uh, I healed faster. The doctor said we've never had this kind of healing process ever. Yeah, and I think and and so and I found this myself because again, I mean, I even injuring my own knees and my own things. Yeah, I heal much quicker because of a uh, because of how I eat. I'm not I'm not as inflamed. People wonder why my knees don't hurt after I go for a you know if I was when I was running six miles a day because yeah, I don't need anything inflammatory, so my body doesn't you know isn't inflamed at all. So, um, yeah. So, so you're gonna love this, <clears throat> and okay. I have a feeling you're gonna have another rant over this. Oh, you know I will. <laughs> the The list of foods that they say not to consume if you are a diabetic is foods heavy in saturated fats, foods heavy in trans fats. <laughs> are you ready for it? Here you go, phone boy. Beef. <laughs> I know, I knew it would elicit a reaction. Uh, I can agree with the processed meats because those are just hot, fresh ass. Look at any cold cut, like pull any, I don't care if it's Hillshire Farm, Sugardale Farms, whatever brand of, you know, prepackaged lunch meat and look at the ingredient list. Yep. There's sugar in every fucking one of them. I'm just going to put it out there. So, yeah. They're hot, fresh garbage. Doesn't matter. If it's bologna, ham, turkey, it's all—it's all shit. It's all shit. Yeah, I have a feeling that's a potential show title, also. So I agree with staying away from sugary drinks, high-fat dairy products. Really, guys, the the low fat is the ones that have the most sugar in it—16 grams per serving. High fat, like cream, guess how much sugar it has in it? None. Or close to zero. Or at least a negligible amount, I'll say that. Salty foods? Really? Why are you staying away from salty foods? That's giving you one of your essential um, electrolytes in, in sodium. And oh, by the way, your body does get rid of excess sodium. Um, yeah, probably a whole lot less destructively than yeah. it does sugar. And, and if you don't have enough, if you don't have enough salt, that's a problem too. Oh, yeah. Take it from anyone who's ever depleted their sodium levels that shit screws with your heart it gives you horrible you know leg cramps that's why one of the reasons that they tell you to drink salt water 
is to prevent leg cramps. I mean, yes, it does. It can cause <clears throat> swelling because you retain the water. But if you're eating right, that's not necessarily going to happen. And I do agree with their assessment to stay away from fried foods because, again, they're probably fried in some hot, fresh ass oil. Hot, fresh ass oil. That sounds like a potential show topic. I believe it's a potential show title all day. Yeah, I was going to say something like that. So, um, so what else? What else are they telling you not to eat? Well, I think <laughs> I think you're going to love this. <clears throat> so, healthy diet for diabetics: apples, oranges. I'm sorry, those are two of the most highly sugared fruits next to like grapes that there are but oh yes please you have a sugar problem consume really high levels of sugar in your fruit great idea yeah um you know your liver's a meritocracy it doesn't care where the sugar comes from it's still bad for you to a degree that's right so of course you know going along with that let's add some quinoa and couscous and some oats and oh yeah, brown rice too <laughs> Yes, fuck quinoa. That's what Vinny says. Vinny printed a shirt that says fuck quinoa. Oh, there you go. You know, and here again, you know, part of part of what they call a healthy diet, beans, lentils, chickpeas, you know, all those wonderful legumes that, oh, by the way, are carbs that turn into sugar. Then you've got the nuts. Oh, yes, cashews. One of the fattiest nuts there are. And you're screaming about not eating a bunch of fat. Wow, I, I've got some. I've got much? some nuts you can eat that are that that oh, are no boy, after party. <laughs> yes. Now it, it kills me because they're talking about foods high in protein, but they want you to eat lean cuts of red meat. And dear God, wait for it, you guys! As if it's not bad enough. Tofu. Hello. Nobody should ever be eating soy in any capacity. I don't give a damn. Yeah, and did, did most of the human population eat tofu? Yeah, no. How about that. no? Yeah, and, you know, can I go, show me where I can find tofu growing around here in uh, in Tennessee. Yeah, good luck with that. I'm sure it all comes from China, and we know about, we know what, we know what China is. <laughs> China is asshole. And also, they... <laughs> China is asshole. That's right. They say that fats that are good for your heart. Here comes the rant again. Canola oil. Sesame oil. Yes, we just played. You're muted. Oh, I'm muted. Yes. We just played how these oils are not so great for you. So, yeah, you know, like they were they're they're recommending something that's probably healthy for you with something that's not. And by the way, it's also quantity, right? I mean, if you were to I don't know, if you were to eat a couple of canola flowers, probably wouldn't be that bad for you, but in the Yeah, have qua- a big old slice of canola cake, why don't you? Yeah, exactly. Um yeah, but you're probably not going to eat it. And uh yeah. And the amount of stuff that you're getting in canola oil. Yeah. Yeah, no. Like yeah, it's disgusting. It, it's disgusting for sure. So that's pretty much that's pretty much the <clears throat> excuse me that's pretty much the the 
deep dive on the diet that I did for this. Now, they do also recommend reducing your animal product consumption, which I was pretty sure would cause you to go into another fit. That's where you get your nutrients. That's where you... And honestly, like if you're not eating animal products, what are you eating, right? They're telling you what to eat. It's basically carbs. The only way you can avoid it, way carbs is to eat some animal products. And you're, by the way, they're going to be more nutrient dense and they're going to be tastier. You're going to be you're going to be more satisfied, right? You're probably and hopefully you're going to get it from a local place that you're not you're not getting it from, you know, the you know some place that's got some food fuckery in it. I mean, yeah, it's been a lot of our But again, think know. about this, okay? The people who are putting out these recommendations for these diets, okay? They're all bought in They're all bought and paid for by Pig Pharma because of the fact that by giving these recommendations and the sheep who think that, oh, they'd never lie to us. They're the, you know, XYZ agency in charge of all of this happy horse shit. So they blindly follow along. And what happens? You go down the medication road. Now you're on the metformin. Now you're on the glimperide. Now you're on the, you know, whatever cocktail that they're feeding you to to fix a condition that could easily be fixed by just eating the right things and not the farce that they are telling you in these lists and and reports yeah and ultimately it comes down to the fact that uh yeah it's insulin right that's driving a lot of the stuff it's not the blood the blood sugar is a symptom the insulin is ultimately what what the issue is and so if you ask the question right it's like okay if you if you if you portray type 2 diabetes as a blood sugar problem yeah there's lots of things you can do to affect the blood sugar does it make your health better not necessarily if you go to the root cause of why is your blood sugar out of whack well maybe it's because you're producing too much insulin and your body's becoming insulin resistant to it yeah maybe prevent your maybe get it so that your body's not needing to produce so much insulin yeah you're gonna be in much better shape i mean that's really what it comes down to and And ultimately the best way that you can try to if you have diabetes manage it and get off pig pharma's tit and and the cocktails okay start eating what you should be eating and keeping what you shouldn't be eating out of your mouth and again as i said during our exercise show just get up and take a couple steps you know during during the commercial break of your favorite game show or soap opera, get up and walk around the, you know, the, the coffee table. Do something. Something is better than nothing. Do not put up zeros. And don't, don't try to eat the whole cake in one bite, as I often say. You know, don't, don't think that just because, well, I only walked around the coffee table ten times. Well, guess what? That's ten times more than you would have done it if you hadn't heard my voice tell you to do it. And tomorrow, it might be 11, it might be 15. Before you know it, you're actually down two pounds, four pounds, all from just walking around your table, your your coffee table during a commercial break. Or maybe you don't gain, uh, you don't lose any pounds, but your blood sugar goes down, you, you start feeling better, whatever. Like there's lots of other markers, right? It's the weight is, is, is a, is a symptom, right? It's not the, um, you know, it's not the cause of anything. Certainly it's a, as I say, it's a symptom. And so, no, uh, but if you're, if you're trying to, if you're trying to move more than you were, 
if you've cut out the things that you shouldn't be eating, if you've figured out that the carbohydrates are an enemy, that grains are an enemy, you're going, everything, everything is a process. Everything links to everything else. Eating right leads to the exercise, that leads to the weight loss, that leads to the reduction in your blood sugar, that leads to you getting off of pig pharma's tit and ultimately living longer for your grandkids or your partner or whoever else. Yeah, and and yeah, and ultimately, yeah, I think there's, we need to get back to what we were doing maybe before, you know, civilization and industry, whatever took over everything. Um, And... And you know, honestly, you know, I think there. I've I've heard this um, this analogy used is that we we feel that that modern medicine is all about adding something to try and make things better. When really, I think what we need to do is take things away, right? Um, you know, take away the things that are inflammatory, the things that are harming us, and, and our body will event will figure it out and, and get into homeostasis or a better homeostasis. Um, yeah, there are things, you know, and again. I, neither neither uh neither of us are perfect in this regard um but uh but i think this is oh hell no no i I am very much a work in progress i will say that all day long yes i celebrate the fact that you know uh, when you handed me that 3x uh israeli 3x shirt with your old logo on it and asked me if i would wear it to the event that i attended with you and how amazing i looked in it when i looked in the mirror i was just like damn I mean, granted, it's black. So, you know, black is a really flattering color when you're a larger person. But ultimately, it can't hide everything. And I could definitely see in wearing that shirt with the black jeans I had on that I had made amazing progress in my life so far since January. And, you know, Bully Steed says in the chat that the most difficult part is starting. And that is not a lie. I know how hard it was the numerous times that I would start a diet or I would start an exercise regimen. And, you know, sometimes I didn't even make it through the first day before I either rage quit or I, you know, finger quotes, fell off the wagon. So I do understand how hard it is to start. But at some point, you're going to you're going to find and, and when I say this, I mean, as a generalization, not, you know, calling Dame Bully stood out uh, individually, but you know, I get that starting is is the hardest, and you get to a point where you just decide that something motivates you past the wall that was keeping you from it to begin with. It's it, it's what I essentially you know have have heard referred to as rock bottom. You hit rock bottom in your life. Um, you know, for for me, rock bottom was that I met you and that I really looked at, holy shit, what I was eating, what I was doing. And, you know, I was I was encouraged by the fact that, you know, the, the first thing you said was, hey, I didn't I, I didn't I didn't walk a you know, I didn't walk a step. I didn't lift a finger of exercise for the first hundred pounds, you know, that was really inspiring to me because when you're thinking about losing weight, a lot of times the first thought in everyone's mind is, oh, Jesus Christ, I've got to exercise. Oh, my God, I'm never going to be able to do this. Like you self-defeat before you even start because your mindset isn't right. 
So I think the first step in any journey for getting healthy, losing weight, whatever it may be, is literally getting your head right and getting your head wrapped around and and resign yourself, if you will. And maybe that's not even the right word, but just decide that you're going to do it and 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 do it. It's 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 like jumping off of a cliff into a, a big you know body of water. There's always going to be that second right before you do it, and then you're going to make that decision, and you're going to have resolve, and you're going to say, "I'm going to do this." And before you know it, wee splash! You're in the water, and you want to do it again. You want to keep it going because it was that great adrenaline rush. And believe me, exercise can be that adrenaline rush. Just saying. It can be for sure, although I need to get back on that. Um, yeah, we both need to get back on that particular Yeah, I know. We're neither train, neither of us are sure. perfect, yes. And, and, and yes, as, no. um, as Mama T says, find something you like. I got something I like, thank you very much. Uh, but does it count as exercise? Well, the experts have, you know. Phone boy, after party. <laughs> after party, yes, it is after party. And yeah, honestly, I miss going to my gym. You know, I'm I'm paying my gym membership every month. And it's funny because the very gym that I enjoyed visiting when I stayed at the Airbnb in Monterey, the first, you know, when when my separation kicked off, that was the gym that I, that was the closest location to the Airbnb. And that's the one I went to, and I fell in love with it. And I joked about making it my home, my home gym location. And then the universe went, "Oh, okay, bzz, here you go. This is now your home gym location because it's the closest Planet Fitness to where I live." And it's not that far away. Even. No, it's really not. And I have absolutely no excuse for why I'm not going to the gym, other than the fact that I've been a fucking heffalump, and. Somebody who shall remain nameless but is naked on an exercise ball next to me to my left has been keeping me rather busy with things like, you know, podcasts and um, other things. Yeah. Details, technicalities. Those, those things. things. Yes, exactly. So, um, so yeah, I think, we've, uh, I think we've exhausted the topics, haven't we? I believe we have. So the question is, uh, how do we end these things? Uh, something like this. Jordan fades back, swoosh, and that's the game! Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, you're cool, and fuck you, I'm out! You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.